now. We're live. Yeah, you suck. Alright. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, greetings, Leite and Biomutant. Um, I am a host, Immortal Brandle, and I'm joined here with these unfortunate individuals here uh, talking about Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. Uh, to start us up, though, I'm going to introduce my panel. I'm going to start with Ag Agatha. Introduce yourself. Hi, hello. Um, I'm Agatha. I'm a Twitch affiliate streaming um, actually mainly Zelda games, but as of recently, I've been playing a lot of RE games, so yin and yang is kind of my content, what I, what I call it. Um, and some makeup every so often. You know, little sprinkles of cosplay. And, uh, yeah, that's me. Nice. Uh, Black Shadow, introduce yourself. Yeah, evening everyone. Uh, Shadow here, back again uh, for more Resident Evil tackling. I think at the time it was a bit of a devices game, but I think uh, given the time it's gone on beyond, I think, and from my own experience, it was an absolutely fantastic game. We'll get into plenty of it tonight. All right. Unsanitized Daniel, introduce yourself. Fuck off. But anyway, <laughs> uh, hi, everyone. Listen. I got that. But anyways, hi everyone, yeah, it's me, Dirty Dan, back again after what seems like, I don't know, forever since I've been on one of these, but it's good to be back talking about RE7 with this lovely panel of people. So yeah. Right. Yeah, you can stay out though, but hey, Dez, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Dez, I'm excited to talk about Resident Evil 7, this is definitely one of my favorite games, yeah. Alright, alright, and to um start this off, I'm really Asshole, introduce me. <laughs> hey, hey, Red, how you doing? Uh huh, yeah. He does this every time. <laughs> he really does. All right. Uh, how's Introduce it going, sir? How's it going, people? I'm Renegade Operative, and let's start this podcast talking about Resident Evil Seven. <laughs> I hate you. All right. Oh. <laughs> All right. I'm a real number one to get this ball rolling. What are your um, what were your initial impressions on Resident Evil Seven going back to survival horror roots, especially coming off the heels of Resident Evil Six? Well, cool. start... oh. Yeah, go right ahead. You can start. All right. Um, what I would say is, I think a game like Seven needs to be kind of viewed in a quick bit of context of where the heck the series has been, because it's been like four years and uh, gaming goes very quickly now. So. About five years before was the release of Resident Evil 6, which, of course, went to mixed reviews. Um, a few years later, it had been Revelations 2, which personally I quite enjoyed, but I think went under the radar. And then, of course, Umbrella Core was Umbrella Core. Um, I, I think it was clear, and this is not the first time this has happened in the series, um, for being such a very nostalgia-driven sort of um, franchise, I think it was already starting to suffer, suffer from um, becoming a bit stale, which I think it happened previously with like Resident Evil Zero, which is why the series kind of went on to Resident Evil 4 uh, and refreshed itself, found a new identity and all that sort of stuff. Um, I think 7 was the same attempt to do exactly the same, uh, in my opinion, um, thinking that what was working um, you know, before, and Resident Evil 5 was like one of the best-selling games they've had all the time, if it still is. I think it still is. I, I could be wrong there. Okay, in terms of like individual skills, Resident Evil Seven is the best-selling one. But if you yeah. combine all of them together, RE Five is still the best-selling. Yeah, which tells the story of like you know, there's peaks and troughs. Um, and Six was very divisive. 
Um, it's been talked about plenty. So um, I think that was obvious a focus uh, was to try and almost rebrand the series. Things have been a bit quiet. It'd been five years since six as well. Um, and it was about taking the series into a new direction. Um, it was a very brave choice. Um, I, I always remember when I played the demo of it, I, I remember saying, if you took off the words Resident Evil and put on Silent Hill, you'd never know the difference. You'd, you'd think, yeah, that makes reasonable sense. So it was a very, very bold uh, direction to take. Um, but I think, yeah, the, the numbers speak for themselves. Um, and while the whole first person stuff, I don't think it's for everyone's taste, uh, I think objectively it still makes for a very, very entertaining and ex- a very rewarding experience. Uh, I never played it VR, but I- I'm hoping someone here has uh, who might be able to speak for that. But I've been told that is pretty, pretty crazy. <laughs> all right. All right. Who want to go next? Um, kind of like tagging on the on the end of that statement about like the first person perspective. Uh, when I first saw that, I was like, no, that's not a Resident Evil game. That's not how it works. You know, um, it was just it was just so different. But at the same time, like I could understand um, how much well, because I haven't played five and six, um, nor have I ever like seen any footage. But, you know, I've like 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 you said previously and everyone. Sorry, I need to get the name again. I I forgot your name. Uh, the last person who spoke. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's fine. Um, but yeah, uh, so like I haven't really gotten to that point of getting sick of action. Um, so I forgot what I was saying. But um, <laughs> uh, it just it just felt way too different, you know. Um, yeah, like I I I just haven't gotten sick of of the of the um of the action type games five and six um i, I was gonna I can... say yeah go on sorry my dear no no no. go ahead i was gonna say because i think this is a very common trap i think a lot of us have fallen right. into with Resident evil about seeing something and thinking it's not what it was it's not what it's meant to be like why are we you know it, it therefore it can't be right this is a very common thing that's coming with resident Evil village of course which is out in like five weeks you know of looking at it and like you know werewolves vampires this cannot be right therefore it must be rejected this is a very human thing to do so yeah exactly like on the surface um if you know just looking at it it's like ah no that's not resident evil um but so, you know when you get into playing it and you really think of like the title resident evil you know the you know the residents are evil um then <laughs> yeah it's it's 100 percent yeah like going back to those roots and um the house is fucking horrifying it is terrifying um and yeah in, th- in that aspect the the roots are uh very well uh called back to in a terrifyingly loving way i would say Mm-hmm. Hey, Ray, want to go next? Sure, no problem. So my answer is going to be relatively short, but I got into Resident Evil 7 very late. Um, as I said before, this podcast is a remaster of our thoughts for Resident Evil 7. And the first time I talked about it, I only seen that game through a certain lens through other people. I really never got the chance to sit down and experience it. I remember playing beginning hour and it made me slightly peaked, but I did not get into RE7 till now this year. 
from what I played, I definitely enjoyed it. It was a different take on them trying to do the whole new perspective and everything. And there were things where it's like, it's more slow paced now. They're doing this with the horror. Now the monsters are more methodical as opposed to you doing like a suplex on them in RE6 and it really not mattering much in terms of like any sort of intensity or tension. Uh, so I, I really liked them going back to the old school ways while also trying to keep things modern and fresh with the inventory and the weapons and making everything seamless. Uh, that's my experience with RE7. Initially, I was very, very skeptical, but after playing it, I turned into a fan. Which I think is the case for a lot of people. Uh, there was a lot, so much skepticism of this game when it came out. Yeah, so it, mm -hmm. it's that thing where it's like, they changed the series so many times, you don't know if it's going to be for better or worse. Actually, you know, Ren, uh, my experience was kind of similar to yours, though, but... um. I was more of the optimistic side of this. Now, when the when we first saw the trailer, I think it was E3. We first saw the trailer. We were in the Skype call back in those old days. Skype, yep. my God, yeah. oh dear God, <laughs> that, that's crazy. Yeah, we've been around for that long since uh, we were on Skype first, and then we was transitioned over here. But that's the point. Um, yeah, so we're in the Skype call, and a lot of us were like, "What? Like this is Resident Evil Seven? What is this?" But I was more the more optimistic side of things compared to like um, someone else or some other people, you know, that were like, okay, um, this is not Resident Evil or whatever, right? But like, no, let me give it a chance first. Let's see what they can do with it. Now, I did not get the game at launch because for starters, I couldn't. I was a broke student. So um, my friend, um, shout outs to my friend Sonic Kick. He got me a physical copy of Resident Evil 7 um, Gold Edition. And that was my experience getting um, into Resident Evil 7. Now, from what I played, no, I actually quite enjoyed it, though. Uh, I could sit there and nitpick on what problems are with the game, though. But overall, it was a nice game, and I enjoyed myself. Then went back to it again recently with Xbox Game Pass on PC. So once you play the game both times, and like, yeah, uh, I would say it's a pretty solid game. I won't call it the best Resident Evil, but it's definitely a damn good one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyone else want to go? Like, yeah. I, so, um. I haven't played like all of the Resident Evil games. My first, I guess, game that I played that for sure got me into the series was Resident Evil 5. Um, and then, of course, I played 6. They were both kind of different, um, both more action-oriented. But with 7, it was obviously more horror-oriented. And I was like, oh, you know what? I liked these last two games. Let's give it a try. So I gave it a try. Uh, absolutely loved it. It was horrifying to play through, but... I absolutely loved it. Um, I think it actually got me to start playing like other like games that are specifically horror. Um, I so but like between five, six, and seven because those were like the first three that I really played. I have to say that seven's my favorite out of the three. So I I absolutely love the fact that it went back to its its horror elements. Uh, you're a rare one. I like this. Yeah, no, it's fair enough. I think one thing that a lot of people, I think, struggle with this game is that it came at a time where so many games, you know, the power's in the player's hands constantly, and Resident Evil 6 is a very good example. And I think that's one of the lasting things I've of this game is that it, it you feel very kind of, like, unable to influence the surroundings around you. You're literally just trying to survive, and that's all you're meant to do, which, again, is something that, like, if you go back 10, 15 years, so many games were doing this, but I think some of the more modern era, like it's been kind of lost. I think that's what the devs were at least trying to try and get at. 
You know, that's also true. But on top of that, though, um, Resident Evil 7 came out at the right and wrong time. Because as you know, with PT, you know, all the first person clones that are coming out. Uh, Capcom claimed that the game was in development and it's going to be first person before, you know, PT was even a thing or announced or whatever, right? But again, take it how you will, though. All this quite convenient, though, but take your word for it or don't. No, suppose that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, the similarities to be drawn are pretty, pretty, pretty heavy, and that could just, sometimes it is just pure coincidence. It does happen. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure that if it had been in some development and they had seen how PT had been responded, I mean, that's hardly cool to say, well, this isn't going to work. Let's just start again. I mean, mm-hmm. it was evidence that it's, this, there was a real market for this. Yeah, but it's also a big gamble, too, though, because uh, you risk also, well, which, again, already happened, splitting your fan base up. I mean, this have. happens every single mm-hmm. release anyways. Like, you no, can put in anything you want, and you're going to split the fan I wouldn't base say open. release, more like errors, because we went from, like, fixed cams to over the shoulder to now, with the, with the current mainline titles, first person, right? So, like, no, Capcom made another divide of subset of fans, which is um good or bad, depending on the context. Dude, but uh, Cap. Uh, Cap- Good. Oh, sorry. No. Oh, well, um, Capcom definitely took a big gamble with Resident Evil 7, though, and clearly it paid oh, no, off, no, considering no, no, no. it was their it's the most successful title so far of the Resident Evil brand. Going by the single skills, of course. If, if this had fallen flat on its face, I don't know where the series would have been. I mean, we wouldn't be sitting here waiting for Village to come out in current form. Like, it would have been a, a disaster for the series if this had, if this had come out and like, this is just no good. Uh, it would have definitely affected Resident Evil 2 Remake drastically if mm-hmm. 7 failed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. been. I don't know where we'd be, but it'd be a pretty dark place. <laughs> I was going to yeah. say, um, the next RE game should be RE10, an RPG, Survival Horror. Come on, let's go. <laughs> I mean, we're frankly like there with the Revelation um, games. That Walking Dead game where you're stabbing zombies with a pipe for a fence. That's where we're getting to now. Yeah. Oh God, no! <laughs> I can't even think of its name. That's how survival much survival instinct. That from my memory. You talk about survival instinct? Uh, uh, yeah, that one. I think. Oh, God. Yeah. I think. On. I I think anything can work if it's good. Like if it's still redeemable and it has like quality elements, I'm sure it's going to alienate people. But at the same time, we had this conversation like millions of times. I I think what they need to understand is that do you really want a series that goes nowhere that has the same formula with no innovation and honestly mm-hmm. my answer is no like i i would rather them experiment and try to do new things with the horror genre as opposed to just saying well here's a fixed camera game let's not change anything having you itself for about the past eight years um and it's ultimately it's a subjective question different people now expect different things from the series and this is in evidence say when village has been was announced and it was completely evident in people if it wasn't what they wanted they rejected it if they were happy with the idea they thought yeah let's give us a spin you know um and seven was much the same as well it's just the way that the, the i think the community within the franchise sort of is at the moment it's very kind of it's either what they want are looking for otherwise they're skeptical at best and that, that's a bit of a hard truth, maybe, to some, to admit that. But, like, you know, you just go on Twitter or Reddit, and there's evidence of it everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. But also another thing is, too, like, history, in a way, is also repeating itself. When Capcom does a new formula, one game at some point will be, like, the high point. As the case in point, Resident Evil 5, and now Resident Evil 7, and, of course, Resident Evil 2 with the remakes. But what's the better question is that, you know, what will be that final nail in the coffin for this era of Resident Evil games, considering that we had... 
what was it the resident evil zero remake uh with the that era then resident evil 6 with the um the other era so what's going to be this stopping point i don't know i mean I, I don't want to think about that i mean with village coming in, in five weeks i know we're talking about it will come up later on but that game still looks like it's be absolutely fantastic i mean mm-hmm. i think there's a lot of mileage in this style of you know with with virtual reality you know becoming more and more available and more people are delving into it. i think there's a lot of mileage in this style of gaming but mm-hmm. we're getting somewhat off topic here mm-hmm. yeah so i guess we can move uh, on to number two. Oh, which is what we were talking about there we go <laughs> oh wow yeah, we kind of bled into that one. Yeah. Well, uh, like I said, I I didn't mind the first person. I I will admit there is like some small clor- like quirks and there's some small issues with it. Uh, namely the fact that you cannot ads. That was like completely weird. But at the same time, I I think it could troll relatively well. the The only thing I heard for RE7 is that people were complaining that there was some motion sickness going on and i really don't have that so to speak but that's one of the reasons why i turned off the run wobble because that was really getting disorienting after a while i'm glad that you can sort of cut that off as well in re8 because i think i saw a video that uh that could get really frustrating and really wobbly all over the place yeah like my my sense on first person is that um, it's not my preferred way of playing Resident Evil. Like seven control, fine. It's just everything else around it was more of my issue. Like the tempo of the game is like really slow. Like it's really slow paced game compared to most other games in the series, right? Yeah. But something that they rectify in eight, though. But we'll get to that later, right? So um, I'm fine with first person. I have no beef, no quarrel with it. No, nobody's against it. But preferably, I would rather have third person or over the shoulder. Because I, I'd rather have more field of view around me rather than just, you know, looking mm-hmm. through a box. That's true. Yeah. The yeah. FOB the FOB is definitely a problem in this game in regards to seeing stuff. Because I've had moments where, even on Ethan Must Die, I had moments where stuff bit me from behind. And I could not either react to it properly or see it right there. Mm-hmm. As Especially a- how slow the game is, you know, like, there's only so much you can do with a reaction. Mm. yeah exactly and but that's that's kind of again i think a bit of the nature of the game like it you're you're not a professional by any stretch of imagination you're just some dude who's made some very poor life choices and figured he'd <laughs> go on a, on a jolly down in Louis, louisville or, or louisiana louisville not quite, not quite <laughs> louisville there. and you are quite what i meant so um you know but but yeah that's i think so i'm kind of okay with that um but obviously it's it, it's a case of mileage will vary you know you may not be particularly into that sort of thing just like this game you know i know people that have, that have um uh like on my channel that have been playing resident evil games for forever and a day and you know they just don't like the fact that it's a first person game it's just they just it's just not for them and I'm like okay that's fine you know i'm not gonna just say you're wrong uh, but there's a lot of subjectivity uh, to a game like Seven, and I imagine there will be for Village as well, just because of the nature that it's slower than its first person, and you know that may just not be for them. Mm-hmm. Well, I do agree that the the field of view is kind of an issue, especially after again, like I had played, played at the time, I had only played five and six really, um, and then of course like the games that you know remake the remakes that came out afterwards, I was just like it's a lot easier to run through the games, it's a lot easier to check your you know check behind you and all that stuff. Um, Seven, I feel like with the first person, it definitely was, it felt a little bit more immersive um, because things are, you know, up in your face. 
Uh, so like I, I did kind of enjoy that, but I would have rather, you know, it be a third person game as well. Um, yeah. I, I didn't like hate it though. <laughs> I didn't hate it. Like I said, it, it definitely gave you that more immersive feeling. So things did feel a lot more horrifying than say in like Resident Evil 2 remake or even like five and six, just because those are more action oriented. But I, 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 like I said, I, I don't hate it. Yeah. I think this is a game that ultimately is less, it's not necessarily just about the combat. It's as much about the story, uh, which is a bit funky at times, admittedly, but, you know, it's as much about the story and kind of just building an atmosphere. Like, I've been playing, like, the Dead Spaces um, just recently, you know, I'm playing through the first game where, you know, the action is what it is, but it's all about the ambience and the kind of the feeling of oppression and, you know, and that things aren't quite right. And, again, you're kind of, things are out of your control. And I think that's kind of, uh, you know, what they were going for. It, it, again, it's not going to be as combat-orientated, and therefore, and it's the only thing that's the first game of its type, so there's going to be teething issues. You know, I'm hoping that Village will fix some of the kind of control issues, maybe, uh, that did crop up from time to time with Seven, but, like, it still played pretty solid to me. That's what um, I was going to say myself. I was going to say, it's the first time they've done a full-scale triple a single player campaign like this that was like completely in first person uh i know they did like yeah that was like actually a success i know they did like survivor and people would count that but that wasn't as good apparently so uh yeah i i think as all things all the mechanics need to be ironed out and for a first attempt it wasn't that bad just there are those lingering nitpicks there Yeah, for um, I mean, just bouncing off that, the, like I was just playing playing it today, and I really hope they fix the inventory thing. Like they they changed it. Um, just the way you combine things, please make it the way you did it for the remakes two and three, because uh... having to switch the the menu, like from from items to the combined thing, it's like I I don't know. It it personally drove me insane. Actually, um, I'm. My personal take on that is that I'm actually was okay with the little menu though, because um if I want to combine stuff quickly, I just go to the sub menu and just A B C D E F G and be done with it. It's more convenient in terms of just putting stuff together and you know time um time savings. It felt just a touch clunky at times, I think, um especially because yeah, two and threes and menus are very very easy to navigate and just through. Um, I, yeah, I, two and three are smoother menus for sure to get through though. But in terms of just in terms of combining though, I found like Seven's method really good just because I could save time just by doing that as opposed to going to each item and just press square and whatnot. Oh yeah, you with going to that specific menu and just not having to select the menu, just say make me this. I don't care where you take it from, sort of thing. Yes. Oh, so like okay, so you played it on a controller because I'm playing it on PC. Yes, I play <laughs> controller. I play a oh. controller. So. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, I think I think they 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 might have learned from from the experience of seven, and maybe that's why two and three are so like it was, they're so intuitively um, easy to understand. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure they they learned from that. Um, but back to the perspective question in general, um, a little bit like of the same, you know uh first person perspective it's cool i would also prefer third um but uh like aside from from the from my first impression of it doesn't look like a resident evil game because it's first person and blah blah um 
another reason like I had like a tiny gripe with it is um I think Sir Brandle mentioned this before like the you know when PT came out and there was that risk or there was all those like copy pasted uh first person survival horror games um and also like Ren I haven't played I didn't play Resident Evil 7 till like now basically so also coming in really late in the game and having come so late in the game i've seen too many <laughs> of like indie you know like small small games that are survival horror first person survival horror first person um i have to admit i watched a bunch of markiplier three scary game series um <laughs> kind of embarrassing but i but i have watched almost the entire series and it's it's nothing it's all first person <laughs> so that was kind of like ugh, just like every other game was also part of the you know eh, first person but um uh yeah it's it's you know it's give or take it's it's good you know it doesn't it doesn't break the game so still freaking good you know, and if you want to play it in third person, just put a mod on your on your game, and you're fine. Yeah, you can. <laughs> even though it looks like super janky for RE7, I, because you know it wasn't really made for that. But I guess the option is there if you're a PC player and you want to play it in third person instead. One thing I find really funny is that you just mentioned the first person boom. They're still trying to remake PT to this day, each and every single time, and I find that hilarious. Like. I would rather them make an entirely new game on their own as opposed to remaking an old one that's like overstayed as welcome, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That just comes from a desire of, you know, obviously when PT was was there about everyone's talking about it and there are just some people who just don't want it to die. They want it to happen and they're begging for it. And you know, it's if you keep thinking and dreaming about it, then someday it might happen, you know? uh it's it's that is what it is um you know That's i hope true. it does come out for one day but i fear people will be pretty disappointed probably when it does yeah it's one of those will it live up to the hype scenarios if an indie developer actually makes something out of it but uh anyone else on this question uh has anyone played it in vr that's what i i, I, I haven't i have I know not but I know a friend. Um, he played it in um first person. I'm sorry, um VR, and um it look actually it looks better to play in VR than just the usual way because you because of the actual freedom of movement with your with your head. So uh, it might be you know a more ideal way to play in VR than um just the standard way. But depends on you, of course, because it's VR. You might get motion sickness and whatnot from it. Yeah, I, yeah. I was wondering if anybody else had played at least like recently, because when the first, sorry, when the game first came out, I had a PSVR at the time, um, and I I tried playing it, but it was really I preferred to play it on controller just because like, you know, it was in first person, obviously, um, and I thought it was cool because you know more immersion, but at the same time, it was just really janky to play with. It was very like you couldn't move fluidly through the game. Um, so I felt like it made it a lot, it made it a lot harder to, you know, attack enemies, know what was coming at you, turn around and like do all of the basic things that you could do with like a controller or I guess like keyboard for anyone who's on PC. Um, but I was just wondering if they had like made any updates to it. 
I think my understanding is it has since release. I believe it's a bit smoother now. Um, I can't protest that myself, but I, I can't see it. I imagine it has been. Uh, it's a little smoother to operate and run with, um, you know, and all the rest of it. But yeah, I can imagine when this first came out back in 2017, it was uh, probably not the easiest experience in the world. And I'm pretty sure it was new to the market at the time, right? So I imagine like there were, you know, the system firmware with the VR support and whatnot, it would progressively get better naturally, along yeah. with the, um, maybe the game updates. I guess that's true too, because I think we had only had a couple of like demo games or like short-ish games that ran really smooth, and it was just weird because I was expecting, you know, Resident Evil to be like amazing because it was like a full-length game, but yeah, it was like weird at launch. <laughs> Hmm. Uh, one last thing on a, on a note though it's quite unfortunate that the pc version does have vr i guess sony literally cut a big check just to keep it exclusive on ps4 money talks yeah it does it really does all right uh, i guess we're done on that one right so um who was real number three yeah shout out you want to do it for me please yeah sure so how do you feel about the characters and the story within Resident Evil 7, uh, referencing mainly the vanilla game, because we'll do the DLC later, um, and a good start point, of course, with uh, the decision with Chris Redfield and deciding that he uh, apparently needed a remodeling. Um, I don't know too much about the history of how this exactly came about. I trust some of you guys know a bit more what exactly okay. happened here. I kid you not, Kakam says because we couldn't find nobody that looked like Chris Redfield in real life, so we decided to just do that. Now, honestly, so, that statement is a bunch of bullshit, considering you can edit the face. <laughs> why do you need a human being to base it? Just, just base it off what it was, what he was before, uh, like the way he looked before. Capcom, or just like, uh, real quick, sorry, um, Capcom and a lot of Japanese companies in general, and of course, Western ones, are, are into the market of face scanning, mm. because um, it's easier and they just recreate it from the ground up. Just, you know, take what's there and just edit it, you know? I but guess. um. The, the but, problem yeah. you've got is if you have a load of people who do, and everyone else is face scanned, and then suddenly you have something which isn't, it's going to stand out. So I do understand that, the, the, okay. that, yeah. that reasoning. Um, although to say that you did couldn't find anyone who, you know, who didn't resemble that either means that you're horribly unlucky, or maybe that speaks to how you designed Chris Redfield back in Resident Evil Five and Six. But I guess that's a different conversation entirely. It's it just BS though, because people actually looks like him, or you could again edit the face because they've done it with other people with the characters they are representing. So they have honestly no excuse here. Yeah, I, I think it's like it's fine. It's it's one of those things that if people didn't like the game, I think it was an easy stick to bash with. Sometimes it's, it's a bit like with Resident Evil Three. Really, I think. For people who did particularly enjoy that game, there was a few easy kind of low-bearing fruit to, to bash with, you know, the certain things not being in the game and bits and pieces like that, which which on an objective level doesn't matter that much. But if you if you want to complain about something, you're going to find something to complain about, and it was an easy target. But I, I don't well, think that's a huge deal in the movie. He's, he's got a pretty minor part in it. Um, you know, he only appears at the end. He's got his DLC, which is fine. Um, I don't well, think it's just my stance... Oh, sorry, go ahead, Des. I'll let you go. It's okay, that's all right. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm also kind of like, well, personally, I didn't really care for the Chris Redfield in 7 just because he looked absolutely nothing like, you know, five and six versions of him. Um, I, especially like in, in terms of like, it's like everything, not even just his face, like his build and everything just felt off for me. But at the same time, I feel like there have been other characters in the series that have like, gone through changes like the first person that comes to mind is claire redfield in revelations 2 she looks completely different than 
for example. Oh, she looks horrible in Revolution yeah, Two. Like, so, like Chris. Yeah, everybody got on Capcom about that. Yeah. <laughs> but no, honestly, my sense on like um, Bartfield, as Renegade put it, um, it's not necessarily the face that's the issue. It's just why is this Chris and why does he look like this? Because uh, if you look at like Des point out his face and his build. He he does not match up with five, six, and other um versions down the line until Resident Evil Seven. Now, if you told me like this could be a Chris Redfield for like a Co-Veronica remake, hypothetically, like I would believe that. Of course, they got to do some changes though to make it more identical to the original model. But no, this is not. This should not have been RE Seven Chris. Like, or he could have been a different character, different character, or like Honk, as people would like to say. Like he could have been Honk. Uh. <laughs> I thought it was weird when I first saw it, but I don't complain about RE faces that much anymore because I feel like each and every time Capcom decides we're going to have some sort of engine change, I feel like something's going to change. Granted, when they went back to the character in RE8, they did fix his face to be more like Chris from RE6, which is vastly appreciated. But at the same time, I did see RE7 Chris and I was like, who? Why is his chin so large? Why does he have a ball sack chin? Like, I, 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 did, I didn't really get it at first, but again, it was just one of those things that was like, well, whatever, I guess this is Chris Redfield, so we have to play as him. And why, yeah. why, is, he, why I, is he skinny and not punching boulders? Yeah, he definitely so, got smaller, too. I mean, he punches something, all right, but, you know. Yeah, yeah he, he <laughs> punching. There's no boulders around, sadly. Uh, it's, not a, uh, it's not a thing, but never mind. Um, but no... I, I think, I would say that the whole Chris things is like kind of a, a minor blemish, and I think overall, I think the characters are solid enough. Um, you know, there, there's nothing. I mean, obviously, the Bakers is a whole totally different situation, but I think like you know, with with Zoe and whatever else, and Mia are fine, I guess, even if the plot gets a bit wacky. Um, I know there are some people who are not very happy at all with um, with Ethan. I know there was a lot. Of, there was a bit of discourse in regards to feeling he was a bit on the bland side, and kind of like he was just, you know, never really finding out who that was. I believe that was a specific kind of uh, design choice, uh, is my understanding. I think they talked about this with Village, um, in um, who is the developer um, doing Village? What's his name? Uh, the guy, the American guy. Yeah, Peter Fabiano. That's Fabiano. Thank you. Um, I know that uh, in one of the earlier press conferences for Village um, that they said they want to kind of specifically make Ethan a bit more plotted, a bit more fleshed out, because he kind of wasn't in Seven, because their idea was to try and make the player kind of be Ethan, rather than Ethan being a distinctive person, which is something they're, they're going to be looking to do a little bit more uh, in Village, uh, which is fine, I guess. You bring it back for a second game, you kind of got to. You can't just be a blank slate to put the player into. I think other than that, like I, I think the the characters were fine um, at at worst. Uh, to be quite honest, though, my take on Ethan is like, if you honestly go back to like Resident Evil One and Two and compare it to like some of the characters in Seven, like I know it sounds like an unpopular opinion though, but Ethan's like approach on how they handle him though wasn't that much different from the original cast. You know, Christian says it was the first time doing it. Now, granted, you could argue like, well, they learned since then to improve character development and you know, make a decent character on screen. But I'm like, I, I wasn't necessarily on. I wasn't mad that Ethan wasn't like the most fleshed out character. It's mostly because of the situation he was in, though. Like the environment around him made Ethan, Ethan. You know, I. I wasn't. Go ahead. 
Oh, no, it's fine. Go ahead. No, I was, I was going to say, I don't get when people say Ethan is the worst character ever. Like, okay, there's definitely a yeah. top contender for that one for sure. Like, think of characters that didn't even have backstory or were killed in like five seconds. Exactly. Uh, at least Ethan actually has a motive and reason behind, you know, his actions on going to the village. I mean, that village. Um, the Baker's Estate. Yeah, yeah. Andre in the chat, probably said, yeah, he is. He he is kind of um the medium between the player and the game. That's his whole purpose in this. You know, um, he doesn't need a huge amount of plot. You know, enough is that he's, you know, he's coming here to look for his wife, which is an incredibly yeah, stupid decision. Exactly. Um, and, Agreed. Regardless, mm-hmm. it was one that he decided to make. We have to live with the consequences. I mean, in his um, defense, though, he wouldn't have known that that shit would have happened to him. Let's be honest here. Like, if you're in his shoes, though, like I'm pretty sure a lot of people would have done something similar. I what mean, he's done. But you call it. It There's been, something to yeah. go with you. <laughs> I mean, it, it they, they have. Years. Like, I, I don't know if I would just go to this random house. The email could have been fake. You don't. You find out later in the game that the email was from like a long time ago. Like, I, I, I don't know if I would have gone. <laughs> I would have oh, definitely been decision. like, hey, uh, that, that's, that's a fair game. point, though. Well, that's a fair point, though. But again, like, you know, you're not everybody else. So somebody out there would have have went went ahead and gone. It's happened before in real life. I, I would have called the SWAT team. Fuck that. As soon as okay, th- this is one thing. This this is one thing. As soon as I would have saw that image of Jack Baker just walking, like in yeah, the first few around. seconds, oh, I would have. I would have yeah, got, got a gun. Drove away. <laughs> called the police. Hell no. That looks too creepy, even for me. But many hold bad, on though. Who, who's the dumbest character though between Ethan and the um the cop that showed up then? Like if the we want to have the cop. The yeah, because yeah, yeah, the dude came in by himself with no backup whatsoever and he got well shoveled Shovel. in the back of the head. Well, I mean, he did A get blindsided and B probably fall. He just got just just looking for a missing person and just, you know, some abandoned house. At least they thought it was abandoned. But so it's not like, the most ridiculous. Yeah, Ethan freaking out. Like the cop, like you, you're a cop, and you come up to this house that you think is abandoned, and there's a person stuck inside. You know, the door was like board, boarded up. I don't. Yeah, I don't the, yeah, the window yeah, the was like barbed up. up and boarded. Like yeah. clearly something's not something's right here. Not right, yeah. And apparent, and apparently that cop got called over for a noise complaint or whatever. Like really, a noise complaint? Wait, you run yeah, around that like... entire place too at some point, and I don't remember seeing any other houses or whatever nearby. Should have probably dead. <laughs> yeah and plus plus that was right after um like the dinner scene where he had a knife shoved in his mouth and in his face his face would have been bleeding completely like the cop should have you know or you know in real life the, a cop would have seen um a cut up face oh this must be a victim of assault I, I, I think you know just, <laughs> but it's yeah. nitpicking i know but even lifting his left wrist would probably have done the job but yeah yeah uh, staples in his arm like clearly something's not right hello yeah. like, like, i don't even, even want to give this you is a, folding a very elaborate like magic trick or there's some strange shit going on in here he, he was like i didn't even want to give you a folding knife you will stay in this building defenseless and we'll talk later it's just like so stupid yeah but it is what it is so 
Okay, I'm 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 so glad to hear that everyone's on on the same bo- on on the same page because goddamn that guy's so annoying. There are some liberties taken with the level of common sense some people have to get the plot yeah. to where it needs to be at the start, but once you get past that, it, it's 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 kind of a strange plot in that I think it's. If you want to look into it and invest in it and kind of work out what's been happening as you go, there's a lot of reward for it. But you don't have to, I don't think, to particularly enjoy it. You can just take the game at face value. But it does leave mm-hmm. you enough scenes to kind of work out what the hell was going on um, as you're going on. Now, you do get, like, obviously, uh, the, the big massive info dump about two-thirds of the way in, um, which you know, perhaps could have been a bit prettier done. Um, I think that gets an awful lot more stick than it deserves, though, uh, when you get to the tanker. Um, we'll talk about that probably a little bit more. Um, I think there's something about that later on. Oh, yeah, with the whole Evelyn connection stuff. We'll talk about that later. But mm-hmm. um, There are times where it was maybe a little bit clumsy with the plots, but overall, um, this is Resident Evil. Like, the clumsy is a by word for, for the plot <laughs> Resident Evil game you could think of. So. Well, honestly, though, 7 in itself ha- has a lot more plot holes than most other RE games out there. Because um, a lot of things are either explained or you have to play or look at another source material to understand the context behind something that happened. And I think that's kind of a problem. There, there are a lot of conveniences, of things that just happen for the sake of just happening or whatever else. Um, I do agree. Yeah. Um, but I, it's a minor, minor gripe to have with a game when it's already there's so much else going on to immerse in. So I don't think it's the biggest deal. Uh, anybody else got anything else dead? Uh, the only thing I have to mention is that I think a lot of people in the community, well, particularly talking about survival horror, they said that. Ethan's plot arc sort of sounds similar to Silent Hill 2, where the guy sort of gets a message from his dead wife, supposedly, and then he goes to investigate. How do you feel about that? Is it something that is true, or do you disagree? Well, the the parallels is there. Good point. But, you know, people shit on Ethan for going to the house, but don't shit on um, James for going to find his wife. I'm just saying, like, something like that right there. And to be fair... This is a good point because, of course, um, Ethan didn't necessarily know that Mia had died, but James very, very definitely knew that she was dead. Mm. No oh. spoilers here, but he's very well aware that she may not be alive anymore. So it's a good point. Yeah, he just sort of blotted out of his memory, you know? Yeah, that. Sort of took a pillow and made someone take a nap. Mm, yeah. Oh, <laughs> that gave me cancer, dude. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh. I was trying to skirt around that and trying to be polite to anyone who may not who may have gone. He murdered his no. wife. Move it on. Barreled in. <laughs> good, good job, everyone. Uh, <laughs> I had to. <laughs> it's too good. All right. Um, and I guess we're moving to number four. Daniel, can you pick that one up? All right. Who is your favorite and least favorite boss battle throughout RE7? Oh, that's easy. Jack and Jack. Yeah, I mean, I the, the question should be why is Jack Baker the greatest boss in Resident Evil history and why? That should be the question. Yeah, my favorite Honestly. version, though, <laughs> it was in the Zoe um, Jack Baker. <laughs> oh, man. Punch out. He, uh, uh, just on a more generalized level, I absolutely adore this man in a very kind of nihilistic, almost please don't kill me sort of way. But I think he's amazing. Like, uh, I think yeah. 
Apple is such a fantastic example of kind of building someone up. Um, you know, and you don't obviously can't really fight him to start off, and eventually you have your throw down with him, and obviously then he just can't fucking die. Um, but I just think kind of like you can still see the humanity in him that pops up from time to time. This is this was further delved into with the uh the DLC, uh the which we'll get into later on. Um, but I just think like his level of just like he's he's clearly gone insane, but you know there's something else that's not quite right, at least at the start of the game. Uh, I just think it's absolutely absolutely incredible. And the voicing is just it's absolutely perfect. That man deserved a medal for exactly for that's why unbelievably that's... great. Unbelievably yeah. great. Yeah, that's why I love Jack though, like, because uh, he has so much character and charisma in him. I'm like, no, I know he's supposed to be like the scary guy here, but I couldn't be scared of him. Like, I'm just laughing at him, really though. But I just love his dialogue. Like, he's having fun trying to kill you. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, tacking onto that, yeah, like I, I, what I didn't laugh at him. Like, I was terrified of him because you know he he was the only character in the game that actually like scared the shit out of me because you know he was stalking you around the house for the longest time. Um, and then even after, I feel like even after like you off him and you're just going back through the house for whatever reason, it's still kind of just like shit. Like, am I still going to get attacked by this guy? Um, and then the fights with him, I feel like he, the fights, the battles that you had with him were the ones that I struggled on the most, uh, compared to like Marguerite and the son whose name I always forget. I can never remember his name. Um, uh, Lucas. Lucas. But yeah, like I just felt like he was the most fun character to go up against like marguerite was just annoying to me and lucas just wasn't scary he was the character that i laughed at yeah marguerite is of the actual like as boss fights wasn't the greatest although i will say she does get that one damn moment i was playing the series and she scared me out of my absolute boots Wait, so she it, so she gets that was it when you were going through the door like you get the key to that door yeah i had footage of me completely yeah yeah that was that was the that was yeah the best jump scare that was like Uh, just wow i'm indifferent on that one because um you know why i had the camera pointing that way where she comes from and i saw her teleport in so it kind of took me out in the moment oh that's i would love to see that yeah because i know that's the happen but like the first time i wasn't i was focused totally on the door and she's and I was mid talking about something as well on my video, and then she just came out, and I was just like completely taken. I was like, "Wow, <laughs> good, good job, guys!" I, I was, yeah, I, it was kind of the same with me. I was so focused on the door. I was like, "Yes, we can finally go through. We can, we can get to the next point. We can get away mm-hmm. from the annoying woman." I was in a party chat with my friend who was playing the same game around the same area where I was. I was ahead of him. She scared the shit out of me. I screamed, paused the game, and went quiet. And he said. Are you are you okay? Now I know there's a jump scare coming. I should be prepared. And I'm like, no, you you continue playing. I'm gonna take like five minutes to. I'll be right back. Like that's it scared me so bad. Honestly, the biggest scare I had really was Jack punching through the door. I'm sorry, not the door, the wall. Because I left him right in the dining hall, and this motherfucker just teleported. Like, hey, how you doing? I'm gonna um, wreck your shit now. Oh, like, cool yeah. it, man. Yeah, yeah, like like uh, Tyrant or Nemesis style, just or, boom. Yeah. Com- yeah, completely caught me off guard. That I don't remember that happening the first time I played through, but the second time that one got the shit out of me. Yeah, you can actually trigger some events with um Jack. It's like it's weird RNG. Uh, either you can circumvent it just by doing another um another method, or you know just continue to do the same thing. You eventually get that um moment 
like um with the wall bur burst i didn't get it um when i first escaped but when i went back and tried to get the clock piece though so that's when you came through the wall yeah mm. it I talked about this too in the Discord chat for the Survival Horror server. I said there were certain things that Jack did on normal that did not happen until I played Madhouse. I yes. think him bursting through the wall did not happen until I played Madhouse and him cutting off Ethan's foot. That also didn't happen until I played that mode. So Oh, that can uh, that happen, can happen in, in normal. normal. That can happen in normal. It, it's it's situational. Um, it's weird because it, it did not happen on normal for me at all. Okay. On context, he has to be literally right next to you when you try to open the thing, and that's when he cuts your leg. Yeah. And since oh, okay. on Madhouse, he's a lot faster, so he probably caught up with you when you're trying to get inside the grate. He, he can definitely, though, do it, especially in Madhouse, in the cellar fight. Uh, he can definitely do that during that battle. Uh, it's not the only thing that can do that as well. Yeah, he uh, did that you don't like get immediately. A, you don't get a freebie health item in that fight if he cuts your leg off. You, you, you hit yourself, or you're done. Wow, okay. <laughs> I'll be on the lookout for that. But yeah, he did that like immediately to me on Madhouse. And it was just one of those weird things. Uh, we're going to talk about that later. But as for the question itself, I enjoyed fighting Jack a lot, just like everybody else. I think he's great. He's funny. Him cursing you out and saying, oh, uh, you done it now, motherfucker, and chases you. It's, 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 great. It's, it's so great. Uh, the boss fight that I actually thought was boring was Evelyn. Because I, I I did not like her boss fight at all. I thought it was that just, wasn't even it, boss fight. It's, yeah, yeah, it's not really a fight. But we got it. We got to count it. So it's just very boring and like on your. Yeah. It's like you're on the rails and everything, and you gotta get the gun and shooters. I think to be honest, uh, I don't know if this is unfair, but I think outside of Jack, I don't think really any of us particularly stand out. Uh, you could argue maybe the Lucas fight in the DLC, um, potentially because there's kind of a bit going on. But I think outside of that, I I don't think there's a lot going on boss fights. There aren't really that many. No, it's mostly no. Jack because you fight Margaret technically twice because um you got to do like um a standoff with her. Yeah, and yeah. Then fight her, her, her. and then you the actual proper fight. Mm -hmm. Um, and then that's kind of like uh and yeah, basically it's just Jack the whole way. Um, so uh you know the boss fights are like a fine i guess obviously him stalking through the hallways is great for a whole variety of reasons but the actual standoff fights aren't like the most amazing you know when he first transforms and then a little bit later the the only objection i will say to that is the fight at the end of joe's dlc which i think is gluttonously amazing yes um, yes that was we'll a lot of fun later on but that's for a different reason uh but that's that's just because it's absolute carnage and just it's it's like what resident evil really used to be just like totally over the top and just craziness going on um and just punching a dude like there's what's wrong with that even this fight was like super fucking crazy with uh jack fighting you with the chainsaw and you gotta sort of fight yes. him and everything i, I thought that was like kind of tough because first time i didn't know what i was doing but mm. after a while you kick the bodies into him and then duck and you know block his attacks and it's, it's very fun and engaging you yeah, the chainsaw fight is it's basically anything that had Jack in was amazing. Outside of that, it was like yeah, it was either boring or okay. I thought Marguerite was like jump scare boss. That was it. Yeah, she much. was just too um, RNG from my liking. Oh. Honestly, especially on Madhouse because she does surprisingly a lot of damage. Oh yeah, like, like oh, yeah. one hit mm -hmm. put me in critical state. I'm like Jesus Christ, woman. What the hell you been eating? <laughs> what you yeah. been eating? She's getting bugs. She's, she's the bugs have been giving her the power. The bugs are, yeah, definitely super dangerous. Devora? Okay. Beehive over. Uh. 
Yeah. That was horrifying in itself. And shoot it too. Like, why? Yeah. Uh, okay, so we're done with number, uh, what's it, four? Uh, yeah. All right. I guess we go into um rate number five then. Um, so what's your favorite and least favorite um weapon within the game? What do you mean by favorite? Like, do you mean like, like best feeling, best acting, most powerful? I uh, guess personal all three. preference. Yeah, personal preference, all three. I mean, the M twenty one, the fake shotgun, is just like probably Double the most barrel. powerful shotgun that I've wielded since like the M eight hundred in Resident Evil two original. <laughs> uh, which is so oh, have you, have you held the hydro? You go backwards firing it. Wait, have you held the Hydra though? Because that that's a powerful shotgun. Hydra, yeah, is also a good. That's also a good. That's a good example as well. Yeah, to be. All right, I'll give you that one. Uh, but the M twenty one is like an unbelievably amazing. It's easily one of the best guns in the game. Oh, easily without question, it is unbelievably powerful. I'd be honest, my least favorite weapon in the game is is the Magnum. Like, yeah, I think it's, thank it's, you. You get it very. It's lazy. useless. You don't, yeah, yeah, it doesn't really. You don't need it really. I mean, even a Madhouse, like I barely used it. And I'll say I only picked it up at the end of the game because um like or you just dump all the magnet ammo on um Evelyn because you know it doesn't the most damage technically right so just do it there, but yeah you don't need the magnum at all it's so useless, maybe with few exceptions like the fat molder because they are surprisingly tanky, but even then though like you could literally just dump that weapon in the box and never think about it again. I was gonna say I think with the molded even I think I just used the handgun a few times and then knifed, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, the burner. Yeah, the burn, the burner. The burner is kind of like a it, it's a cool enough weapon to use. I think it's a bit underappreciated. Uh, you know, the grain launcher as well. I think kind of fit into the category of the magnum as well. Like, no, at least the, the grain launcher is more useful because, especially yeah. against Jack Three, you can slow him down and do tick damage on his eyeballs. Or um, with the fat molded again, you can use that on the neural rounds on them and. Mm. No, make the fight a lot more easier when you encounter yeah. them. Def definitely. There's some situations in Madhouse, especially, you need to consider using it. But, like, yeah, the Magnum, you can easily go through normal and Madhouse and not actually ever need to use the Magnum, really, um, which is probably not a good thing. It's yeah, the staple weapon you don't use. Yeah, it's it's a shame, but it's it's not, it's, yeah, it's not the hugest deal. Uh, you know, you think the general stuff, you know, the M19, the handguns are... Are fine, you know. To be honest, I'm kind of okay with a lot of weapons not feeling particularly powerful, um, because you know, again, that kind of goes into the context of the game. You know, you're kind of some of these weapons jury rigged, anyways. It's kind of like just just been made by Zoe or whoever the hell it was that made some of this stuff. Um, you know, and again, it's like if you were using all these weapons and they were all crazy powerful, that does take away from your horror instinct somewhat. You know, well, the quite the flavor a bit. To be quite honest, though, like that also kind of has like a weird meta shift, though, because some guns in Resident Evil Seven are just insanely better than others, so it's quite obvious. That's kind of a problem for me, because like, you no, know, after um, I see like, let's say Resident Evil Four, right? Now, obviously, there's some guns that are gonna be better than others, though, but all guns have its personal use. I can't say the same in Resident Evil Seven. Like, either one is gonna be better than another. And just store it in the trash, or don't use it at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. There is, a, I mean, definitely a case of like once you get the upgraded two weapons, like they are just innately superior to the other two. Um, I mean, I guess it's not even like think of like Resident Evil Remake Two. You know, with Claire, uh, you know, you obviously have the revolver. You can pick up like the uh, the semi-auto, 
but like you can use you can still use the first one if you want you know there's reason to do so because of like the high the the, the high powered rounds mm. definitely seven doesn't work quite that same way it's a case of you have these weapons and then you get better ones and you dump the originals um which, yeah. Uh, I, I guess, in a way, isn't as appealing, I suppose, when you think about it. Yeah. So um, hopefully Resident Evil 8 will fix that problem and just have a better meta shift for the weapons. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give mine real quick so other people can go. But oh, uh, obviously, I agree with you guys. Like, the shotguns feel really good in this game to use, especially like against the spider molded as well, because you can pop their head off like a champagne cork. Mm. Um, Fuck those things. I, I don't like them either. That's why I use the shotgun. Uh, but one weapon I didn't use a lot is the Magnum at all. Like I have it and I actually use the coins to get it, which I shouldn't have. Uh, but it's not that great. <laughs> it doesn't kill mold it like at all. It just is really bad on Madhouse, and I, I kind of regret trying to get it in the first place over like steroids or something. Oh yeah, the freaking um, like the body shots of the molded. This is a, either if you don't shoot the limbs or shoot the head though, like they can take quite a bit of um ammo. Like even Which a two is... shotgun blast from the um strongest um, hand, um shotgun, like they still get up after that. I'm like Jesus Christ, guys, go down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm 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 pretty simple when it comes to the weapons. Uh, in any, so I've I've played remakes two, three, and I played four, um, and and now I'm playing seven. I am a shotgun girl all the way. <laughs> like so, you, you know, should. <laughs> so you should. It's Oracle. It's, yeah, it, um, it's just it seems so reliable, and and at this point, it's become a meme that. I ignore the Magnum, <laughs> like just every single time, because it's just so overrated. And the the am there's there's so little ammo, and I'm always so paranoid I'm gonna run out of ammo. I'm so I just I just I just completely gave up on, on honestly that at all. Honestly, in third person games, I feel like they handle the Magnum way better than first person, and it kind of feels like it shouldn't be like that because you're getting like up close and personal with the guns and the reloading animations like you see in the gameplay footage and it's baffling to me like one of the most powerful handguns in re history is not good in the first person perspective uh so i i just go with the shotguns it feels like raw power is being mm. shot with everything yeah yeah um also the freaking magnum ammo that's true yeah uh, most i've seen like i think two bullets maybe three um, Unless you hunt pick around up. There's a there's a few to be found in Madhouse. If you're looking at spots, but yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, you don't get a a lot of ammo for the Magnum. So it's like, yeah, another reason why not to get it. Yeah. Um, I suppose a special mention should be made for the Albert we pick up once you game, uh, which is which is a lot of fun to use. Uh, if yeah. a little bit ridiculous. Yeah, that's my preferred handgun. Uh, granted, you only shoot three bullets, though, but the power behind it, though, more than makes up for it. Like, it's practically a magnum of itself, but more useful. Yeah, well, that's exactly it. It's, it's, it's an endgame weapon. Yeah, it's powerful. That's its principle. Uh, it is a lot of fun to use, although, um, like, when I did my Madhouse run, like, ten, like not choosing not to use the Albert was not the easiest choice in the world, but I'm glad that I did. Uh, you definitely don't need it to beat the game, but it is a lot of fun to run around. With, Can't you definitely. use like uh, enhanced ammo on the Albert? Yes. Yes, you okay. can still use enhanced ammo. It's basically a man. 
it, it practically is a magnum. The enhanced yeah, it's quite powerful. It's quite powerful, it's crazy powerful. I'm gonna keep those chem fluids then next time I play on Madhouse because fuck that. <laughs> All right, anybody else wanna go? Dan? I think Dan's dead. No, I'm, uh, I'm here. Okay. Uh, okay, well, uh, I guess we move on then since I, I saw what you said in chat. Uh, who's well, real number six? Oh, I'm sorry, what? No, never mind. Never mind. I was, I was, for, for, for a second, I completely forgot that we were talking about, we were basically shitting on the Magnum because I was like, did we talk about least favorite? I was like, yes, yes, we did. Yes, move we did. on. We're moving did. on. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I ran. We have number six. Okay, hold on. Give me one second. Number six. Okay, have you played the hardest mode in the game, which is Madhouse difficulty? If so, how do you feel about it? I've played only a little snippet of this. I think the last fight I did was Jack with the Chainsaw. The bosses are the easiest thing in this mode. The problem in this mode is the molded because they are tanks. They are ironclad. They do not die. Mm -hmm. I oh, I just fires. run away. The, the spider molded is also annoying because it's like I've gotten one-shotted by them many times. They are super dangerous. They're, they're horrible to face. When you when you get to the tanker and they're roaming about the place, they are pretty terrifying. Oh, and I also <laughs> noticed the enemy placement has changed. So when yes. I was in the hallway with the safe room where you go downstairs in the basement and there's the boiler room, I noticed that there is a spider molded around the corner and I'm like, hold on, this never happened on normal at all. So that means the enemy placement is either changed or altered. And I'm kind of fearing that as soon as I get to the tanker and obviously the end of the game because I have no idea what to expect. Yeah, the, the, the oh, tanker I... the tanker is pretty brutal um, because uh, the, the problem you have with the tanker, um, I, I don't know if I should say this or not, but um, things are even worse the tanker because it's a lot harder to defend yourself. I'll say yeah, that because you, you've, you've not played it. Mm -hmm. It's a lot harder to defend yourself when you first get there. Um, yep. I, I think I think though um, the whole kind of changing um, like where things spawn and especially there's a lot of item placement differences as well. You know the and game new items as well. You, yeah, like the, one of the first things you find are like grenade rounds and neurochemicals. You're like, okay, this is going to be different. Um, and I think I think it's got to do that. You know, they did that with Resident Evil Seven, uh, Resident Evil Seven, uh, with Resident Evil Three Remake. When you're onto Nightmare Mode, they changed quite a lot. Um, it's a nice way of kind of you know keeping players on their toes because if it's only just the same but just everything hits harder, which was my problem with Inferno mode, Resident Evil oh. Remake, mm. and that it was exactly like Nightmare, just everything was tankier and hit harder. You know, it, it's all artificial. It's not. It's, it's not. It's not great. It's. It's not. Um. It's not really what you particularly want. So. Uh, I think Madhouse was very cute in that. It changed enough on it um, with how the game worked, but didn't quite like feel completely alien. Um, although it, there were definitely some parts that were very, very... Um, and, and again, you explained just the general enemies. They they were pretty miserable to fight. Yeah. And, uh, the one thing I can actually really do appreciate for Madhouse is that it's practically in a range mode with the items and whatnot. I, I do like the fact that you could get actually weapons early, Mm -hmm. um earlier than um we do a normal mode like for example the grenade launcher you get it inside the um the rv as opposed to getting the was it the crow key and go into that room and get yes. it yes yes you don't even so have to do it that. is is it the grenade launcher is in my opinion though, a lot more valuable in madhouse because of that reason you get it so much sooner mm. 
that and also i think you can get the um broken shotgun a lot sooner as well but i might be mistaken on that you you can yes uh well you kind of get it more, more sooner because you tend to get the broken handgun you get that a lot later in madhouse so you end up getting yeah. shot first and ultimately to be honest if you've played through the standard game you should already know that the m21 is by without question the best weapon in the game so you should be getting that specifically first anyway so Exactly. I'm so glad we're talking about this, and I automatically see the guy using it in the gameplay footage. I'm it's, like, it's convenient, yes. Um, this is the, it, it's a it's an awesome gun. It feels great. Um, it's 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 it just kills anything it sees, which which is great. Um, you know, it's just it's very very satisfying to use. Yeah, Marguerite is pretty much dead here. Holy fuck! I'm gonna have to use yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. speedrunners for it. Effectively, well, it's it's kind of there's a lot of that's kind of going on. Also, um, another thing, um, I'm not sure it's a good thing or a bad thing though, but it also has, also has a lot more coins in it, because um, you could get the attack and defense coin on top yes. of everything else, but you only have enough to get only, uh, I think there's five items, so you only have, to have enough to get four. Yeah, you can't so, get everything, so you have to pick and choose, which is fine, which is totally fine. Yeah, yeah so pick your things wisely, so otherwise, leave the magnum behind. <laughs> yeah, next time I'll remember that, because I was like, okay, I'm thinking magnum best and most powerful gun in the game and madhouse is like well fuck no is is not uh i was told you're better off getting like steroids or getting the shotgun that we were talking about earlier uh which i might adjust for my next run because i want to play it again and get the differing endings so i can get the trophy uh but yeah i i feel like it's a very challenging mode that's not the same the enemies are warped around and i kind of enjoy that because What's the point of even playing a harder mode if things aren't altered to keep the player, you know, obviously shocked and stuff like yeah, that? It, it, it's tough. It punishes the player for mistakes, but it's not unfair, um, which is what you... Ha it's, a, it's always a difficult line to balance, not just being unfair, which, again, was one of my issues with Inferno for R3 in that it were times it was just completely unfair to the player and not in a fun way at all. Um, but... Yeah, like I say, I, I think uh, I think Madhouse is very well done, um, and it's something that everyone should at least give it a spin with. Uh, the one issue I have is although that early game, you have to really ration your resources. By the time you get towards the back end of the game, uh, you pretty much start just getting ammo almost for free, and you just have tons of it, which is a bit of a shame because it means the end of the game is like pretty. Uh, it's it's not as not as difficult as I think it should be, which is a bit of a shame. Well, in fairness, though, like they dump more enemies on you. Plus, you fight like an extra mold, sorry, run, an extra molded, um, fat molded right next to um the ladder. Plus, there's yeah, yeah, you know, that, that's, a, that, that's a crazy fight in Madness. That's a lot of entertainment because you're just yes, deals, <laughs> and it's just a crazy. So, like, with all the ammo you get, though, in return, you also fight a lot more enemies, though. Now, granted, yeah. though, the strategies of just literally blitzing right through still applies, though, but you gotta be careful with the spider modes, because I think there's, like, two more on Madhouse, on that end yeah, segment. There's, 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 reward, there's enough reward for trying to not fight everything you, you, you come across, which is good, that's kind of the point, but obviously um that comes with its own difficulties, because sometimes trying to run around these things, like, they really hurt. I have a question. Um, mm -hmm. Since you mentioned two fat molded in the cave, right? Is it possible to run past them like you could on normal or no? Uh, no. I've um, not tried and would not consider trying to do so. Because one, you, yeah, one, you could probably get past, but two, like, 
I think it's, if, if they hit you as well at that spot, like yeah, you get critical damage. But um, but oh, no ran because the can't... ladder. I was gonna say yes, the ladder has some surprises on it. Yeah, you can't just run up the ladder. I assume bombs. <laughs> I'm gonna assume bombs here. I ah. refuse to comment further. All right, I'll find out when I get there. Yeah. And the door ran. When you sneeze, though, you know the sound. So um, yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I uh, and another piece altogether. The X in segment is um, fun, but you gotta be more careful. Mm-hmm. But definitely worth giving a spin. If you've never done it before, someone watching this, like, uh, and you fancy giving it a spin, do so. It, I think it's a lot to enjoy. It's not for everyone, but uh, I think if it freshens enough things up to make it more, uh, make it engaging enough to at least give it a spin. All right. Um, actually, I have a um extra question to ask because uh, Dan actually reminded me. How do you guys feel about all the in-game items from actually com- 100% completing the game, like getting all the files, the, um, getting all the coins for the rewards, the bobbleheads, etc. It's so many. If any of you have done it's, it before, it's fine. Like I didn't use any, like ever. Uh, I think the only time I used any of them was when I was playing Must Die because it gave it to you. I, I didn't use any of them because they're not really necessary. Uh, I use those scrolls because you know <laughs> free defense. No, no, baby. no I, I went total vanilla for Madhouse, and it was it was a it was a satisfying run for doing so and beating it. But um, oh, it can be. Stuff. Uh, it can be though, but you know I'm sick of like how can I beat this more efficiently? And you know what? <laughs> Hands up. Yeah, yeah, admittedly, like it's there if you need it, but it's like you don't have to. Um, which is which is fine, uh, and I think that's what yeah, you should be at. Play it your it's way there if you want it, but if you want to do just a. Uh, just a vanilla run you can do so which is which is good all right i guess nobody else um got any extra items so we'll move on then nope Unless except dan for talk- dan talking about like the circular saw which i didn't know existed uh that thing is so overpowered that you can literally just grab that and um mow through a lot of the enemies and call it a night something if um no bs happens yeah, yeah, that's that's mm. my understanding. Again, never used it, uh, never never even seen it, but uh, that's my understanding. Oh, a, a better knife. knife, even better than the survival knife. Survival oh, knife's pretty it, good. Survival knife's pretty pretty. It's not that bad. Like in the folding but, knife, is, you can't really do much with it. But when you get survival knife, you can legitimately consider using that as like a, 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 a its own weapon. I, I never use survival knife because you get so late into the um game that it's kind of pointless. That and also the SMG. The SMG is more like a burner weapon. So like, okay, yeah. I see just yeah, pop P90, it. P90 is weird like that, isn't it? It's like it's 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 good. Um, and it's nice when you have it, but it's definitely not necessary. Um, like in spot towards you, you have it for like the the section of the game you find it, and then beyond that, it's like if you want to use it, sure. If you don't, then you don't have to. So. Good point. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I guess we'll move on to uh, number seven. Uh, uh, hey, Black. Um, yeah, Black Shadow. Can you um read that one off? Yeah. Uh, so, has uh, anyone played the, the any of the downloadable contents or, of course, the post game content? And how did people feel about the quality that they presented? So, Unfort- that's all of it. Unfortunately, I have to sit this out unless you're talking about Ethan Must Die because that's yeah. the only one I played so far. Yeah. Um, I. I'll be honest, I am very impressed in just the sheer diversity. Yep. Uh, it's, it, it's almost like a, a, a veritable buffet of different types of contents provided. You know, you've got your your kind of your room puzzlers. You've got your um, kind of weird zany card games. Uh, you've got your stories. 
you've got your back plot, you've got your side games, you've got your absolutely insanity uh, that is obviously what's it name uh feeding jack's jack's um birthday which is just uh, 55th birthday, 55th birthday. Which, is, which is insanity like it he, i don't know what people were smoking when they put that together but it was great entertainment nonetheless it's it's impressive that there is that amount of diversity of content for a game like resident evil 7 it almost like it shouldn't be able to exist but i i can't sit here and say that any of them feel out of place which is crazy yeah, because you have your non-canon ones and your canon ones, so like they fit, they have their own hierarchy, and it's just fine, you know. Now everything needs needs to be like, okay, I need an extra DLC chapter though, which would be nice though. But no, technically we did got that with two um DLCs though. But still, we got yeah. got that along with the extra stuff. Yeah, um, and it's and it's just it's, it's a again the diversity, the amount of it, um, and again it's it's all of it is at least good to to great, you know. Jack's fifty fifty is just complete nonsense, but it, it it's it's kind of almost light hearted fun, um, you know. Obviously, you've got you from Must Die, which is your tough one. You've got the band footage, which obviously details Clancy um, and kind of, Zoe, uh, you know, uh, yeah, Zoe as well. Clancy, kind of an unsung hero in this game. I understand? Yeah, I feel bad for Clancy, dude. Like he should have been a survivor. Yeah, but you know. Things happen. Sadly. Um, and obviously, I think the decision to have just that little bit of extra back plot for Zoe and kind of what happened to the Bakers, um, you know, it wasn't much. It was just, just a little thing for, you know, for just a little, little, little side thing on the side, but it just gives so much extra character and almost depth to the family. And getting to see Jack as like, a, almost as, a, as he was before everything went to hell, you know, just humanizes him even more and just makes him almost all the more great, you know, when when he's fine and obviously you run into him in the bathroom and he's literally already gone insane and it's just amazing the stark contrast. It's very impressive. Yeah, Jax is, is actually a good man and, you know, it's, it's a shame what happened to him though, but, yeah. you know, it, it happens. Poor, poor guy. Um, I wasn't the biggest fan of Not, the, Not a Hero, which is Chris's DLC. Like, I think it was fine. Um, for what it was, um, but I, I can't say I was particularly the most engaged. Um, I will, I, I do feel somewhat biased towards um, uh, End of Zoe uh, and, and playing as Joe, uh, which I think sure. is like, again, it's different enough. <laughs> Dan says well, not on Red actually, <laughs> well, um, hold on real quick though. I actually have a side question to add to that as well though. Like, for you guys that play the DLCs, of course, what's your favorite um secondary character play as outside of just Ethan and well, me oh, technically because she's the same. It, it, it has to be Joe, I think. I, I'm yeah. with you on that one. He is yeah. so much fun. He's a lot of fun. You can understand his motives if they're a little bit kind of maybe slightly psychotic at times but uh, he is very obsessive at the beginning though because um those guys were like literally did nothing to him like he, they were minding their business and then he showed up he, and afterwards so he just punched him out like that's not yeah, he, that's not he, fair he, on them i actually very... know this part didn't he beat up like the troopers that were there yes yeah oh, i love it zoe and was like well they must have he's a man that had very few fucks to give and that's before everything happened so yeah, like he was honestly an asshole for um, what he did to those guys, though. But at least he had reason behind it, though, because his niece was there. Yeah, yeah, understandably. Um, and the kind of the DLC, it you know for for Joe is fine. Obviously, you got you're being chased by the swamp thing, and you're like, well, what's going on? And then it feels like a 
it almost veers towards one plot twist too many, but it turns out that it's whoever it, it turns out to be. Again, I won't go into spoilers here. All right, I spoiled it earlier, uh, so. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, well, I'm, I'm trying to be polite, um, but uh, <laughs> I, I will say that the end fight for his DLC is kind of silly. It's kind of nonsensical, but there's almost like a base primal entertainment that one can derive from it, which is just... You just shut off your mind and you just experience it and just and it's just a blast. It's so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. But also I want to add one thing too. Like his DLC actually made me the most tense. Not because of no Rack of Sock and Punch him, but the the swamps, like the um the water as well. With the gators. Oh, gators. Oh, oh man, like I will stream it, it for earlier. So I streamed it earlier this week, and uh, this one gator that appeared right next to me, and I didn't hear him. And yeah, it scared scared me shitless. I'm not gonna front. It was, yeah, it was a good um scare. Why are gators always terrible in RE? Even the gator in RE2 is just well, he's a joke. But why are they always terrible or assholes? Because even in Outbreak, the gators were like super weird, and they used to like grab people into the water. I, I think I think the gate is accounted for like about as many deaths in my entire playthrough of RE7 as any other enemy put together. I'm pretty sure. Oh boy! Yeah, the gators and the uh, spider molded like those two contribute my deaths. Uh, please don't put them at eight. Please, I, I don't need to see these scaly motherfuckers unless I can power bomb them. Then that's great. Throw them off a cliff. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, Joe hadn't found the resources necessary to do that until once all the gates. Oh. Otherwise, we could have had a great time in swamps. But no, you just gotta hit them with sticks and kind of just generally avoid them and not have enough resources. It's just a... that sounds Target. really bad. Uh, it is, uh, but once you know the on the pattern, no, it is it's more bearable. Bad. It's not so bad. Yeah, first time playing, though. Yeah, nah. <laughs> it's horrible. It's horrifying. Yeah, the only DLC I played was uh, Ethan Must Die, and uh, I yeah, hate that mode. <laughs> yeah, I, I die just Everyone like everybody else. Everyone hates Ethan Must Die, but they love it for the exact. It's, it's it's cool for the challenge because I like the whole fact that they have like RNG boxes and everything is like all spread out. So it's like either you'll get a good loadout or you won't. It it all depends on like how stacked up are you at the end of the fight until you fight like Marguerite. Which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you go in with like good loadouts. Sometimes you'll go in with like a flamethrower or something. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I tried so I beat it, but I tried so hard to do this with the whole let's play curse thing, and it did not work out in my favor. So I'm trying to do a perfect run where I don't throw my controller into oblivion. Uh, but that might not happen. So yeah. we'll all see. Yeah. They're pretty tough. But uh, that's about it, I think, for DLC, unless anyone else had any other opinions on it. Going once, going twice, sold to the Asian hooker in red, which is eight to one. Okay. okay. All right. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that that, that caught me off guard. <laughs> yeah, that was very left field. Uh, grief. Yeah, I, I said that before, but I, I didn't go into detail beforehand, so. Uh, I guess we can move on to which one is it? Number eight. Yeah, I, I got yeah, it right as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the best moment in in um, Resident Evil Seven in your Ooh, opinion? I know, I know which one, and I think Black and I think yeah, Black Shadow might agree with this. 
it's the scene when you're at the very end and Mia finds Ethan trapped inside of all the mold and you see it's like a mm -hmm. sort of consciousness scene where you actually see the Baker family's true colors of them not not wanting to hurt anyone. They they feel actual remorse for it. That's oh, probably like one of the best scenes out of the whole. You're movie. you're talking about the flashback. Yeah, yep. the, the 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 kind of the hive mind consciousness scene, which is so kind of it's 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 underrated and it's so kind of like such a side thing and yet it almost adds to like how awesome it is it's so understated in like what it is and what it represents and just seeing but, yeah this guy has been trying to kill you for hours on end and you see who he actually is and you realize he's just he's just a guy he's just a fa he's a father and he's like he's scared for his sisters and his, his his daughters and everything like that and just like just 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 make it end it's so amazing it's so the, mu amazing. the music also really helps in that scene too mm -hmm. it's, it's now it's, it's perfect i get that sentiment though but personally though that does not make sense for that to happen how can they do like the weird psychological stuff that's one aspect that I personally don't understand from Resident Evil 7. Well, the idea is because um, Ethan has the uh, the infection. Oh, is, I, is... I know the context around oh, but, it, though, yeah, yeah, but okay, the idea of them doing that weird psychological stuff, like, is, like how can you communicate with someone that's technically already far gone? Like, that I kind do of thing. agree. There is, a, like, when you drill down, there are some things a little bit nonsense. But I think sometimes you have to make these sacrifices for the sake of a game overall. Um, and I think the scene is just so fantastically done uh, that I, 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 it's, I'm willing to suspend my disbelief for that. And I think it deserves the benefit of the doubt. If it had been like terrible and made no sense, and like the scene was kind of drivel, then I'd probably see it saying that was pretty shit. But I think it, it deserves it. I think it, 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 it warrants the, uh, warrants the convenience. Honestly, though, the things that stood out me to me more though was like the PTSD moments you um have when you get back into the house. Like those actually make more sense though, because um those are hallucinations, not a psychic link type thing. Like I can appreciate those things a little bit more than that though, because yeah, the moment was cool. Like I ain't gonna take that away though. It's just uh, like it doesn't just not make sense. Like how that does that happen? You know? Mm. Like don't get me wrong though, it's a cool scene though, but it's just. Yeah, it's where it's such a subjective medium. Uh, you know, some people kind of, you know, it's the same with anything, you know, some people just experience, some people kind of feel things to kind of make a bit more logical sense for them to be able to, to be able to emotionally invest in it, you know, and that's just, that's a subjective medium for you. That's how it works. So. Um, uh, go ahead. Kind of, oh, sorry. Did you want to no, go for it, my dear? No, you can go ahead. Okay. I was kind of thinking, um, like, aside from story and plot, I would say gameplay-wise, and just from from the game's ambience, um, my favorite moment was going through the house trying to get the, the, the arm ingredient for the serum. Like... Oh, of course. Just... Oh, just yeah. It's it, it's so much like a film that you are stuck inside, and it like the the noises and the sounds, the bouncy ball, mm. um, it it was just so well done. And you know, and then like once once you grab the arm, you turn around, and it's you know, it, 
maybe it's a little bit too like stereotypical scary movie like annabelle kind of thing but turning around and seeing the little girl's feet like i kind of knew that was coming because i did see some playthroughs but in the moment for some reason i completely forgot and i'm probably gonna have i i, I just played that today and i'm probably gonna have nightmares because there's something yeah. about little girls um but and just that entire house was I so beautifully put together like Every detail was terrifying. It was, it was so good. It's definitely powerful when you're, you know, you're going for everything's dark with this creepy shit. You get the arm and you go back outside. And this room that was you know, relatively normal when you walk out, you just see writing absolutely everywhere. And you're just like, this is pretty bad. We should probably leave this house immediately. I was uh, wondering whether the, the writing was there or not, but I was no. so focused yeah. on leaving. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't exactly. even, I didn't really take it in. <laughs> It's fantastic. I, I should have I should have given that a mention, but yeah, you're right. It's a fantastic. But there's loads of these little moments, and the, the thing that makes them so good is the fact that they're built up to. It's not just shock value. It's not just doing something for the sake of it. You know, there, there's an, there's an an attempt to build up kind of the suspense and the atmosphere to the payoff. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's that's great to see. It's so easy, especially nowadays when people don't have much of a. Uh, yeah, you know, very, very not as huge as extension span. It's kind of you know more, 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 faster, faster, faster to actually spend the time to build up the moment for it. And it's so much more rewarding as a result. Yeah, I, I see people talking about uh, the hallucinations in chat, and my opinion is once Revelations started doing them with Revelations two, I'm just like, is it really just jumping the shark anymore? If we already have them in the series. Now, the difference is hallucinations is just you no know, seeing stuff, so like, not we, we got mind communicating on psychological level type thing. Like we got mind control, we got people spazzing out, we we have all that stuff now. So is it really just like jumping the shark now? Since Ari well, has honestly, already did it. Yes, because you could actually make sense from the mind control. Because let's say Wesker with Jill, like he had a device that allowed him to like do that. You know, that makes sense in the context of science fiction. Just on a but with the whole um psychic link mumbo jumbo though that's more of a supernatural type thing yeah it is but i understand like re is more visceral now uh but and they're trying this whole psychological thing even eight has like uh psychological elements like all over the place but at this point i i just accepted it because once again we've already just hit that point of them jumping the shark completely with the series mm. yeah no you, it's a good point it, it it speaks to a wider issue um, which has been prevalent for quite a while. Uh, and you're right, this is not a recent thing. This has been a, a bit of a legacy thing with Resident Evil for quite some time. Um, and to be honest, the logic for a lot of the events happening already are pretty loose. I mean, you can throw as far back as, you know, Wesker somehow not dying when he got clearly impaled. You know, even that's like, okay, you can make some sense of it, but it is still a bit loose. They definitely uh, just tie, like, most of the convenience to the virus, which is more or less what i've noticed as the story like progresses like it's always the virus doing something or this is how you get yeah. superhuman powers or this is how you get this it's mostly all just tied to that i guess at basic structure if that's what they're trying to go with i can see it but more and more it just gets ridiculous as time goes on yeah no i i, I think that's again that's a fair it's it if if that bugs you, then you're never going to escape from it. Uh, and it, you could argue definitely it's not very Resident Evil style, but 
where Resident Evil is now compared to say 10, 15 years ago is such a completely different beast. Um, and seven was again, it was it was very blank slate as we talked about at the start. You know, it was it was doing something completely different, and it was experimenting really. It, seven's an experiment with doing something that's completely out of the ordinary for a game like us friends like Resident Evil to do. Um, so I'm happy to give them a bit of kind of creative control and a bit of freedom to, to explore that. And if it was that terrible and that obstructive, and I think it would have been mentioned by a lot more people. Um, I still think it's, it's more of a subjective issue at this point, but um, I can definitely understand why some people would still be not too particularly comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, back on topic, though, I wanted to sort of bring up favorite moments, and I guess maybe the end of Clancy is a good thing. Uh, I, I thought that was great because, once again, it set up the notion that here's this extremely difficult sort of circumstance that this guy is in, and then all of a sudden you do this puzzle, it ties into Ethan doing it as well. And I thought that was really creative uh, doing that section a different way, because if you do it exactly like Clancy, then you're going to die. So you have to like yes. be conscious. Yeah, that's very cute. That was very, very cutely done. That was really good. So definitely um, tagging onto that, my favorite scene was doing that, the happy birthday. Well, it's my favorite and least favorite. Um, the happy birthday uh, little puzzle thing that you go through, mm-hmm. um, yeah. where you play it, it was as Clancy, right? You yeah, play yeah, as, yeah, that is Clancy, right? Yeah, so when you play as him and you have to go through that, and then you again, you would have to go through it again as uh, Ethan. Um, it was my favorite puzzle to play through. Um, and again, it's like my least favorite because huh, it was the screaming when Clancy dies, the screaming for me, <laughs> it got to me, it got to okay, me. That was honestly more funny and hysterical than like, oh my God, I'm going to die type scenario. Uh, I didn't laugh. I was ready to cry for this man. I'm pretty sorry. sure I did it, it here. Me. <laughs> you guys are terrible. I was like, what's wrong? <laughs> like, dude, are you crying, laughing? I, I couldn't. I just, I thought that it was, I thought it was really well done. I was like, yo, the fact that he's screaming like this and it's hitting me. Because usually I find stuff like that funny too. I'm just like, come on, you could have done that a little bit better. But like that, like hit me. I was like, oh God, like, yo, are you actually getting burned alive? Like, no, but yeah, like that, it, it, it was a fun puzzle, but I, I hated the way it ended. <laughs> Yeah, I also want to point out one thing that Clancy could have stand, stood in one part of the corner where the fire wasn't reaching him, and he would have been fine. But um, yeah, the, the well, I mean, he died. would have died eventually of carbon dioxide. Uh, yeah, but, uh, and this is going to be as hell in there too. Yeah, he would have had many other issues rather than you know burns. I know I'd rather die from that and be burned alive. Though I'm just saying. I guess no, that's, that's a fate worse than death. <laughs> Sure. If you, I, if, I suppose if you had to be stabbed by a sword or by a blunt object, I guess I'd pick the sword. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Also, so, I yeah. wanted to mention what chat said. So it was mentioned oh, that yeah. like back. Wait, to... Rain, Rain. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Um, let's save that after because I wasn't going to ask that as well. Let's just wait until we finish this question. Okay. Because I I know exactly what you're referencing. Yeah. But uh, my favorite moment is me suplexing um Swamp Thing and Joe um Joe. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. I knew you were gonna fucking say that. Yeah. Uh but for real though, yeah, my favorite moment though it was actually you know going through the um PTSD scenario with um Ethan going back to the house. Like it's, it, it was rather in- interesting that um all that was able to be recreated. And, um, at, at a slow pace, mind you, because um, once you start seeing the scenarios, though, Ethan's speed started to get halted, and then um, you press forward. That was pretty neat. 
Inter interesting that no one has even gone anywhere near the entire like third quarter of the game uh, with the tanker. No one's gone anywhere near it, which I think is interesting. Um, and perhaps mm -hmm. somewhat enlightening, but it wasn't particularly the most well-received. It was a bit of an info dump. I think it gets a bit of a bad stick, though. I think to be really... As it just comes on the gameplay conveniently as well. Um, but I think, like, um, it gets a, a bit of a bad rap, which I think is unnecessary. Like, it oh, I'm in help. a camp. I don't like that part either, though. It, it felt like uh, a disjointed limb, if anything, though. Like, it didn't, it didn't flow well enough, in my honest opinion. It was a bit disjointed, I will agree. Um, although, I think, like, it, it's kind of a part of the game. It's more that it serves a purpose. Um, you know, in that it, if, you, at some point you have to start delving into the plot of what the hell's actually been going on, and you have to tackle that eventually. And like through just Ethan's eyes, I think that's a little tricky to do. I, I mean, I like the idea of like playing as someone else, uh, you know, and having the section with Mia, whether it made sense in the canonical route or made completely no sense in the non-canonical route. But it's not a canonical, so what the hell. Mm. Um, you know, and kind of get an experience of what's going on, see things through her eyes, obviously the interactions with Evelyn, uh, which is cute, but I, I think it's fascinating that no one's gone anywhere near that section at all, like, not even considered it. I think it's kind of telling. Another thing I want to point out is that I feel like they could have just made it into a DLC chapter and expanded upon it a tad bit more, because it did definitely give us a lot of info dumb, though, but I feel like it would be appropriate to have a Mia-dedicated DLC and explain, like, what's her role, involvement, and all that, instead of just that one segment, you know? Because she is a quite prominent character, given the fact that she's the reason we're there in the first place. So I think it would have been fair and do her more justice to have that as a DLC um, chapter. Uh, I, I didn't... I didn't really care for the tanker segment at all. I'm like, well, yeah, it's kind of cool we switch characters, but ultimately i feel like the tension just sort of dies when you realize that yes i have this giant machine gun and i can blow through every singular molded here on normal obviously madhouse is going to be different because difficulty at the same time it just felt like it was a section that was there and that was it it, it didn't feel yeah, like anything pertinent been, at all yeah. it, it serves a purpose it isn't the best flowing like perhaps there was there could have been a more if it was more cohesive, yeah, if it was more cohesive, I would totally like it a bit better. Uh, but I, I feel like it just changes things like completely and it's not really for the best considering how the design of this stage is implemented. Because once again, you get the machine gun, you're fine. Then a lot of flashbacks that obviously stop the game just like this on screen. Mm. Uh, so you get a lot of that stuff and it feels a little bit disorienting when you play it. I suppose it is what it is. It, it's it's a bit of a shame. It could have been perhaps done a bit more, a bit cuter. But for what it is, it's 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 fine, I guess. Um, I will give a um, a special mention to one bit. I enjoyed the game. I, I don't know if it's just me, but I absolutely love and adore the intro forty seconds of this game. Um, the just the very first thing you see with the whole, um, you know, before you even you go into a menu when you boot up the game. I don't know why. I absolutely love it, <laughs> and I can't work out exactly what it is. I love. I think I just think it's great. It just sets the tone so greatly for this game before you even click the button. Is it just me? Ah, uh, well, I mean, I hate. I just me. it. <laughs> it looks like it's I, just I, me. I, I hate that I can skip it. No, you know, so that's a problem. But it, it, it's a nice. 
it is a nice um like shot though i, I will say this though like it is a nice little cutscene there though but i can skip it so like it will say this welcome yeah I, I don't know i i just i just adore it it's just great it just just you know it already puts starts introducing that, that oppressive mood um and everything's already immediately very unsettling and of course and even when you've then played the game you watch it again and suddenly so many more things make sense as what the hell you're actually seeing and there's so much like uh, referencing and kind of leading to stuff that happens during the games. I don't know. It might just be me, but I'm, I'm okay with being the one on this. I think it's great. <laughs> it's okay, soldier. You could die alone. I'm, I'm just kidding. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is anybody else got anything else to add to this question? Nope. No. All right. Perfect. All right. Well, this is going to be a um mm. 8.5 question. Now, uh, I'm going to give a little some mini context here. Uh, in chat, though, one of our co-hosts mentioned a Back to Roots quote. Now, uh, amongst um, a lot of my other um, neutrals, that, that's all, that's a meme, like a joke. Uh, whenever something happens, they say Back to Roots, but it's not Back to Roots type thing, because I come like using that sometimes. <laughs> now, what is your guys' stance on the whole Back to Roots thing scenario for Resident Evil 7? All right, so let go. me go first in general on this before other people go, because yeah, uh, you know a hypocrisy is going to be called out eventually. So I think back to roost is a misnomer. Obviously, when companies say it, and the expectation there should be perceived as such, because you know when people say this is going back to roost, etc., and fans was like that for Evil Within. And it plays just like RE4 kind of in a sense, and you got enemies with guns, then you're gonna have like those people that say, well, is it really traditional survival horror, etc. Uh that being said, I can kind of see what they did with making the game more slow paced in comparison to Resident Evil 6, because if we just talked about how the segments flow better in terms of gameplay. I would much rather prefer playing seven than how six was like all over the place. And when you play in a harder modes, despite that game being a guilty pleasure, I hated the QTs and shit like that. So in terms of like, just going back to a slower pace, uh, it's a couple of monsters in a room survival horror game is not an action game anymore. They definitely did that. But back to roots is definitely a weird statement because there's so many contrasting elements with, the stuff they're bringing back and every time something's going to be changed like even for the remakes for resident evil when they were sticking to the terms of reimagining and shit like that people hate it now because they figure well that's going to lead to cut content it's not going to be the same as the original and we had discussions like that before on the podcast yeah. where it's like we have this mindset where people are expecting everything else to be the same while we are moving forward and it's kind of weird and it's kind of something that people really need to get a little bit used to in a sense because they're always going to change something in regards to going forward with new games to be quite honest though like i do think when people say um we're going back to russo i think the audience takes that a little too literal because uh it's a trap it's a, yeah. it's, it's, it's a bit of a corporate buzzword um to use and it leads it can very easily lead people to have expectations which are either not what the intention is or just aren't particularly deliverable. Uh, yeah, it's just a trap that everyone falls into. This happens time and time again. It's not just Resident Evil. It's multiple series. This happens again and again and again. Um, it's regretful that it does. 
but it's too subjective as well. Like what I think Bats of Roots is, is different to what you think Bats of Roots is, is different to what Agatha thinks Bats of Roots is, which is different to what Joe Bloggs on the street thinks it should be. <laughs> I, yes. I definitely, I definitely agree with that though, because um, actually, use another Capcom series. This is Dead Rising, um, Dead Rising Four, which oh, that yeah. game has a has a lot of problems developing though. But just for the sake of conversation here, we'll stick to the Back to Roots thing. Um, what they're um, we would set down the thing that we're trying to do is like a game Back to Roots, right? So they brought in Frank West and they went back to the location of the first game, I believe, and it was in a mall. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I think you played it yeah, more yeah, than yeah. I did. I, I did, yeah. It's back to Will yeah. Matt. So like. So in contrast to Resident Evil 7, though, their Back to Roots was more so like the, the theme, the setting, and the structure of um, Resident Evil that were present in. Yeah, yeah. What One's more figurative. The other one was significantly more literal. Oh, dear. I, oh. I see what Dom is trying to say, but them being like very detailed and like that, that doesn't sound really appealing to an audience like they could say yeah we're gonna scale things back and we're gonna do this and that in a very like explained manner but like black Ro- i almost said black rock again uh yeah, black you- black shadow What's wrong with you people? <laughs> yeah it's something <laughs> wrong with us it, it's something wrong with us but uh shout out to our friend here uh anyway it's like what Apparently black shadow yeah it's like what black <laughs> shadow said uh it's not as elaborate or convincing to an audience member who might have like a low attention span so you have to like say hey you might not like re6 and i understand that but at the same time here's re7 we're gonna take it back we're gonna scale things back and we're gonna make it more simplistic for you to understand and that's what some people want when buying a game i'm not saying that it always works for everyone and because some people do see through nostalgia like what is being said in chat they they feel like things are nostalgia bait i get that too uh but that is what is popular as well like some people fall for that like when we saw re2 i'm pretty sure 99 percent of the people were like i'm going to buy this game because it looks cool it's a callback to the original they have the original locations and then we didn't have all the information where it's like oh, we're going to cut out things or we're going to change things for better or worse. And that's the bigger discussion that is left on the cutting room floor when advertising those remakes. Yeah. Also, I want to add too is that um, because they're going back to Roots, though, it doesn't mean they can add new things with it, though. Because again, like going back to Roots can be like subjective depending on how um, the context of uh, meaning, right? <laughs> so like at the end of the day, though, I think is um, I do think people um, take it too literal. Like, I'm gonna go front. I think it's too, people take it too literal because um, it can mean anything, but especially if you're not following the series, uh, you don't know what back to roots means. Yeah, it can mean it, anything. It, so it, it, it can be misused, it can be um, mistaken, whether unintentionally, or it can be just deliberately, you know. It, it, again, it gives you an expectation of what you're thinking you're gonna get, and then when you don't get it, you feel robbed of something like they've lied to you somehow that like they've they said something and then decided that they've used something else which is not often the case if any if anything that's probably well the company why would a company want to do that to say they're going to do something, and do something else that's just that's just terrible on, on all sorts mm-hmm. of levels um but it, it gives a, a a false impression sometimes um and when a game like this is like, yeah you got like it goes back to roots but it's still doing so much stuff that's very new and um you know original um it can be hard to sometimes 
comprehend what they mean by that and you keep kind of uh it gets frustrating i can see why it frustrates some people sometimes to say this game is about to roots and i'm like what in the hell are you talking about where's my fixed camera angles oh man that's a whole nother debate entirely no i'm not gonna get in that i'm not gonna touch <laughs> yeah, that one with a 10-foot pole yeah, but I mean, that, that's a good yeah, point but... too though like with my fixed camera angles you say back to roots right so go back to what um worked beforehand that kind of thing oh, so man again mm-hmm. though, it's a subjective way of looking at things and i think a lot of people forget um like you can like this is across all media people forget about the phrase artistic license <laughs> mm. and i think um you know what you were saying before that it's it's a trap um it's a trap sorry i have to i have to say that twice um Black bar alerts. right uh yeah it's um especially when you when when companies say that then you know artistic license or you know that knowing that that exists goes completely out the window and mm-hmm. then you know developers can't i mean you know they ought they they go ahead and take their artistic license but then they get you know shit on or or uh people complain because you know exactly what you were saying people it's 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 subjective and everybody wants to nitpick and you know they want this kept in or that taken out so um yeah it's just everybody forgets you know what that yeah Nost- uh, nostalgia. License. yeah nostalgia is a incredibly powerful uh an emotion for mm-hmm, humans mm-hmm. um and it can be used definitely as a very powerful tool to accomplish something resident evil itself has wrapped itself in nostalgia over the past 20 years and it's deliberately done so it's kind of almost sort of um you know selling itself half the time on it that's we think of resident evil 6 you know when a game which perhaps i was trying to do all these different things and their their response was Look at all these people we've got from the series. Look at all this shit that's going to go on. That's going to refer to this, refer to that, and it was kind of trying to sell itself with nostalgia. And, and Resi was very heavy nostalgia. It always has been. It always will be. Um, but again, this is the problem. It has its issues, and it creates these sort of situations. Yep, exactly. It's too many interpretations mm-hmm. of uh, what we want versus what we expect and i think once people start to really notice this the better we've already talked about like re periods several different times i'm sure you can find it on the channel it's just (laughs) it's just one of those where it's like you talk about it so much you're just done with it So I guess yeah, we could... guys. So sorry, I didn't mean to be like you know butting in, but sorry to coming in late. Oh, that's cool. Oh, it's fine. Sorry, right. uh, Deva. Um, since you're here now, yourself. Oh yeah. Hey, how's it going? My name is Hey Deva, or you can call me Ricky. You know, that's actually my real name. You know, I do YouTube, obviously, with uh, mostly Resident Evil content. It's been pretty good so far. I mean, I mean, I love the series. <laughs> so I don't know what segment you guys are on. Um, sorry, guys. I literally just got done doing a surgical case. So I'm back home and <laughs> here it's, I am. It's, it's nice. I like the idea of the, the birth certificate that says Mr. Hey Dover. I just like the idea that that could possibly be a thing. So I'm just going to wreck. I'm going to headcanon that is your. Mr. Okay well, <laughs> actually, the, the name itself is just a play on words because people used to call me Diva, like, you know, the singer Diva. But <laughs> I, saw, I, I just try to go like a Deva, you know, so it's just a play. It's just making, my, you know, making fun of myself a little bit. So 
Um, goes a long way in this in this line of work. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, you can't take yourself too seriously, you know, especially with everything that we got so far in the world. Man, I think this is the best time to be as positive as possible, you know. Anyway, so um, hello everybody. Sorry, I'm late. Uh, yeah, um, I'm pretty sure it's, you guys are probably wrapping it up, but man, I'm just happy to be around for even a couple of minutes. So, you know, uh, we're on. We're on question eight point five. Um, we were talking about um, back to roots because um, that got brought up during our live stream chat. So we were discussing it. I'm not sure how much of it you heard, but um, if you want to give your take on it, you know. Um, let me see. You said eight. Let me see. Open the uh, it's, it's not in the doc though. Yeah, it was just um, it's a side question. Yeah, yeah. It, it was about like people bringing up back to roots and sort of expecting everything to go back to like traditional survival horror like roots, but they change something or they do something different and the different interpretation that comes along with that. Okay, so you said we're at 8.5, so I'll, I'll yeah. start off with eight and then you know, interpretation. Well, I mean, since we're in the topic Resident Evil, I mean, to me. Personally, Resident Evil 2, I'm talking about the original, uh, was the best game for me. Reason being is because, I mean, lots of replayability, two different characters, two different scenarios. You can get, you know, uh, my, my introduction to the series itself. I mean, uh, what else? Uh, best moment. I mean, the last part and uh, scenario B when uh, William Birkin in his final form was like closing in on whoever, which character was inside the cable, uh, the actual car, Leon or Claire. They give that last like glancing look, you know. So that was my favorite moment. Yeah, that um, was about it. We're talking about Resident Evil Seven. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no sorry, man. Oh, okay. So favorite moment in Resident Evil Seven. <laughs> yes, Resident Evil 7. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, you know what? Okay. <laughs> This I might not. This this one's weird. I uh, I don't know what it is. I actually liked the um, Marguerite Baker fight. You know, I don't know what it was. There's something about her, especially like little spider form that she does. My goodness, it just gave me some tingles, man. I don't know what it is, but she freaked me the hell out. I I, I just I just can't with her. You know, this is too Arachnophobia, much. Arachnophobia, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, that doesn't help. And then she has like that sack like thing around, you know, her area, and it's like, whoa. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> so, yeah, I, believe that is, I mean, I believe that's the technical term. So yeah, it, it so, is. Yeah. Uh, and um obviously and um another good great moment was actually on the side you know game with like the daughters you know remember when uh you're trying to get close to her for the first time when she first got you know um infected with the mold and then she turns around and she's just spewing out all these bugs out of her mouth and you're like holy moly like she can't like for this sweet lady to this crazy i don't know demented uh possessed human being what it looks like so um and then you said 8.5 what is it like uh going back to the like purist in a way you guys were mentioning no, going back to roots um that statement oh, okay. came up because um someone in chat mentioned like no the um the developer team saying they were going back to roots with resident evil 7 oh okay but um okay but I we see. were discussing that and like giving our take on it though so like do you have anything to add to that um going back just a specific like going back to the first person point of view after we just had the two remakes and like you know, no they means like no how can i put it though um everyone can you explain wait, this when you take oh, seven like... in context to resident evil 6 um there's an interpretation that oh. they, kind of, they, they, went, they kind of went to a more horror aspect yeah but what does it actually like what does it mean 
Yeah, yeah you, you know what? That's actually great. You know, I made a video about like, you know, and it kind of, I dabbled in that topic and, and the fact that, you know, we all know Resident Evil 6. I mean, me personally, I obviously dabbled in a lot of action, right? Just play Chris, um, Chris's, you know, campaign. I mean, you know, I mean, there's not much horror going on, but then you get Resident Evil 7, you're like, holy moly, like this feels a lot better. You know, I mean, it doesn't feel like Resident Evil, obviously, because it's a first person point of view. And like, it felt like more like Outlast for me, you know, and remember during that time too, like everybody was getting through what, like, uh, like Slenderman and uh, PT and all that. So, I mean, I mean, just getting back to the horror roots, I mean, to be honest, I feel like it, uh, you know, revitalized like the, the series itself, even though Resident Evil 6 did sell pretty well. But I think it brought back the older fans that actually wanted the horror back into the actual franchise. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's what I was like sort of trying to get at because uh, many people for years, like, I, I, I'm not going to front. I enjoyed Resident Evil 6 for what it was, but I could understand, like, this was Capcom doing something vastly different, and it was one of those things that I had to accept, too. Uh, fortunately for me, I enjoyed it over just outright hating it, and I tried to find, you know, flaws or positives with the game. For 7, it's like, they definitely try to go back to traditional horror and make it slower mm. pace, but because of the first person and because of all these elements, a lot of people will find changes that will either be suitable for them or completely fine. It depends on the observer. Yeah, but um, also the thing to notice too is that Capcom wasn't happy with Resident Evil 6. Like, yeah, it sold well though, but according to them though, it underperformed and it hit the sales mark. On top of that though, they weren't happy with the um the reception with the game, so that's why they decided to no, cut I, the I fat mean, and went back I to what they did. Yeah, yeah. So, Ugh. but uh, that that was um our little 8.5 question. 8.5. Okay. <laughs> Uh, anybody else got anything else to add to that before we move on to number nine? Uh, no. Going once, going twice. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, Dove, no, since you're here now, can you have number nine? Yeah. Um, okay. So it says, what are your immediate thoughts on Blue Umbrella, Evelyn, and the connections? Let's speculate on how these companies and the mold can factor in the sequel. So are we talking about now Resident Evil set? Uh, I mean, Resident Evil Village and how the mold and all that is going to affect the it's current. Gonna come up, it's going to come up a bit. Yeah, I, I, I'll be honest, because uh, mm -hmm. a lot of this wasn't really introduced or talked about much until you kind of went into the DLCs mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and mainly in if, uh, with Chris's DLC. Yes. For me, it felt like almost a twist kind of too many um mm -hmm. i mean we had a lot of this already in, in resident evils of like you know things not being quite as they first appear even going to like resident evil 4 and the whole krauser stuff and Ada and everything mm -hmm. like that going on i don't yeah. know I, I i wasn't really sold with the whole this blew up that broom as an idea is fine but the whole connection stuff you know i i've kind of i'm happier with resident evil 7 being that you know obviously there was an experiment sort of going on uh, one-off type game Evelyn and, and it crashed and all this went on but then they started delving into all this subplot stuff and then somehow of course lucas is involved in it as well and it's just like really like this is kind of crazy and like i did, i wasn't very happy with it to be honest i was i was pretty displeased it didn't make the most sense to me it kind of felt like it was a bit thrown in for the sake of throwing it in it felt convenient 
Mm. I mm. think that's I think that's a good word to just use for it. It felt very convenient. That's a good that's a good way of describing it. But uh, honestly though, uh, I'm sorry. Um, real quick, my stance on the blue umbrella. I don't necessarily mind the idea of it though. I just don't like how it was executed within Resident Evil Seven itself. Because why is Chris Redfield working with Umbrella of any kind? Exactly. Well, that, that, that's the thing. It's meant yes. to be. It's meant to be deliberately jarring and meant to be like, kind of meant to kind of maybe show a degree of desperation, maybe regarding the situation, perhaps. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, though, I mean, he was part of the BSAA for how long, and then next thing you know, you're gonna just join Blue Umbrella. It kind of, I don't know. It, it didn't sit well. It just didn't. Chris and Umbrella. I, I don't know, man. It just doesn't. It doesn't mesh. It just—I like, don't know what it is. The idea of it. It's a clean color. It's supposed to be a clean and hot and a fresh new umbrella. <laughs> oh, oh brand new. Oh, the, <laughs> the only times that the Redfields and umbrellas ever worked well was when Claire beat shit out of some zombies with an umbrella in um, <laughs> Degeneration. It's about the only time I can think of. Oh, jeez. It just—I uh, mean, in, what about how about in regards to Evelyn? I mean, to be honest. I liked the character itself. I mean, and obviously as a BLW, holy moly, that's remember like the, uh, I think it says in one of the files, I mean, one of the pros of actually creating Evelyn was to actually infiltrate behind enemy lines, you know, using like a decoy, like obviously like a young girl, right? You could take them in like, let's say the city. And next thing you know, the whole city is just infected with the mold. And then you have Evelyn pretty much giving them hallucinations and all that, giving them like in a way like orders of what they have to do or, you know, anything to kind of like, you know, whatever her will is pretty much. So I think that was pretty interesting. I mean, um, yeah, it, it, it took, fantastic. exactly. Cause I mean, it takes, I mean, yeah, we've played with a trope of what, like we had the progenitor virus, T virus, G virus, C virus, T Veronic virus, whatever virus you guys want. Now, like we got the mold is it, it, it feels more, like fleshy like it's like it's really encroaching in you like it's very like i don't know especially with re7 and how like it felt so claustrophobic and especially with just baker family i don't know it just it just it was just good it was great I you think know so there is something that's often missed of Evelyn, and it kind of lends into the i think it's missed a lot is that there is still a lot of there's a fair degree of almost humanity in amongst her um the game does a good effort in trying to you know even at the very end, when you know what she is and how she was made mm. and what she's infected with, there's still like some humanizing of her, you know, kind of the whole family thing and being, oh, from, you yes. know, the fact that she wants maybe she wants it because she never had one and just wants a family. Mm -hmm. um, and mm. even when you, you jab her at the end of the game, you know, and she's just like, you realize she's just, just like, you know, a girl who's, who's aged crazily because of the virus and just, you know, it's almost, you almost sympathize with her almost. Mm -hmm. um you know, because oh, behind everything that's gone on that she's basically a bioweapon she's still in some facet a person and, yeah. a, and a human being that's been weaponized by people that she doesn't know for purposes that she wants nothing to do with but she's here and there now um and it's just that split second where the game just almost makes her a human again um before the uh the the antivirus shit completely kicks in i think this is very often missed and i think it helps and lends to like, makes her very very kind of almost uh connectable character well i mean did you see remember like i think it was the dlc with chris right like towards the end you know remember like we got to explore where like they kept some of these like you know like the like evelyn and all that oh, like, yes you yes. found evelyn evelyn where she was being kept yes that's exactly that and it's just like adding to that point it's like you know i mean 
let's say she did have like the regular mentality of like let's say how i forgot how old she was like just like a regular young girl i mean can you imagine being isolated and the one person like mia you're supposed to trust her but then obviously you know she you know mia is really just there obviously to keep an eye on you making sure like experiments and whatnot you know so i mean it's sad but i mean and then you go with the daughter's dlc i mean you Yes, you wanted the family, but my gosh, you went about it a really terrible way yeah, and a really probably. creepy way as well. <laughs> so. Blame her because how how else was she going to get it? It was the only way that she knew how, so she was going to oh. do it. You know, definitely, yeah. It kind of freaked me out when she went from like young to old, like at the end of the game, mm. because I wasn't. Yes, yeah, I was not expecting stuff like that at all. But I like how the game planted those seeds of. Here's this old lady, so you don't know what's going on with her in this wheelchair. Yes. And then all of a sudden, at the end of the game, it's like, oh shit, she was this old woman the whole time, and it was all this was, uh, crazy stuff going on. She goes from just being it's a wonderful just there, twist, yeah, mm-hmm. being there oddly, um, and you don't quite know why she's there, to then realizing she's a basically masterminded everything that's happened without trying to. It's it's very very expertly done. There's lots of cute little micro details in in RE7. We've talked about quite a few, which I think are very. I mean, it's just sad, man. I mean, like, it's cr- did they actually explain how she was just going? Like, you know how like you're exploring the house and you would just see her in random areas. You remember, like, you know. So, I mean, did they really <laughs> explain how she got to certain areas without you actually? Like, you turn around next thing you know, she's there. So it's like, I she's, you know, she's magical. So. Yeah, I I don't think <laughs> oh, they explain that actually. Yeah. Resident yeah. Evil logic is like, usually I mean, I mean, I can't, ex- you know, I mean, you, you can't expect one of the biggers just randomly like, oh, let's just get you up the stairs real quick. I mean, let's like, push you up the wheelchair, you know, and all that. Anyone, so. it's probably Lucas. It, it, no, it would be amusing to see a molded pusher around. <laughs> okay, there's there's a meme of like Brock Lesnar sort of pushing uh Zach. I think his name oh, is Zach, Zach Gowan. Gowan. Yeah, Zach he Gowan. pushes him down, and the meme says, "This is what I feel like when I found out the identity of Evelyn." And he pushes oh, him down the stairs, and it's the rude. greatest thing ever. Rude. But I, I want to go back to like Blue Umbrella really quickly. They are supposedly guising themselves as the good guys and they are like well we're the good like philanthropy umbrella and we want to make sure everything's right and we don't want to follow the era of the ancestors that we have with red umbrella doing these horrible biological misdeeds and i feel like that's going to get blown open in village or is going to be like a contradiction because it just feels like it's heading that way to me. Like it's going to get infiltrated or some rogue agent is going to do something where he turns their name and he basically takes it and drags it through the mud. So I expect this to happen at bare minimum. In my honest opinion though, they should have just used honked as um the character instead of Chris mm-hmm. and make it seem like he started blue umbrella as his own personal military gang, you know? One thing I want to oh. say is that they've they've definitely toyed with this idea of people infiltrating the BSAA because even before RE7, they were doing it with Ada supposedly being under the guise of the BSAA in Resident Evil Damnation. And then well, that was more deception, more so being undercover. Yeah, I, I know. But it's one of those things where it's like it could work in this instance if they decided to use chris and maybe that's the direction they should have gone into because it's something they toy with 
in the initial beta of Revelations 1, where it's like, oh, is Chris and Hunk the same person? We don't know yet. Is one of those storylines where it's like untapped, and I'm surprised Capcom did not do it, considering they like to go back and take storylines from betas and use them. Hmm. It's actually interesting. Hold on. Yeah, so I, I think if Chris wasn't really Chris in RE7 and people were like, oh shit, that would have actually tied into the mystery of the game, which is, you know, um, people being not who they say they are, deception, it, it just goes in tone with Resident Evil. Well, it's kind of a little too late now. To, like, I understand, like, um, we said, like, oh, hey, maybe it could have been Hunk, but I mean, little is obviously it's too late because obviously we know that's really chris, chris made it. yeah yeah i mean it's chris now i mean he met ethan and obviously we from what the trailer is he knows ethan he said sorry the next thing you know he just decides to like take out you know mia and right in front of him so well, that would not really yeah so um with also can you guys maybe we could try to also dabble in the connections because i'm pretty sure um that was mentioned in several other re games just in one of the files in here and there but they've never really been fleshed out compared to any other you know organization i mean like for example like terra save and you know like tricell or anything like that it's not wesker's um little group is it no 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 no, no that's the connection okay mm -hmm. the okay. connections are formally uh acf which is high host capture force it's all a bit yeah it's all kind of blends into itself so it's pretty much an amalgamation of all these like you know different entities and just they just call themselves the connections then huh I'm like I'm, I'm still a little confused on that yeah it's it's not particularly this i i'm still unhappy the fact that it just so happens to be a member of and then it just so happens to crash at his goddamn house i just think that's so absurdly convenient like that i struggle to um, I, I i struggle to uh Suspend my disbelief of that. In a I, game series where you kind of have to do that all the time. <laughs> I think they threw that in there because clearly they wanted some connection to Wesker in some format. So that's why his old sort of task force is still operating. To what extent, we don't know. But I have a feeling that's going to come up again in the future. Because as far as I know, they're still making biological weapons and still making viruses. Mm-hmm. But I mean, why? Okay, why to this day, like you know, why is Wesker still kind of? If if that's the case, like why keep Wesker around? You know, I mean, like what is his significance? Like, I mean, are we gonna expect like a, a sudden plot twist? I mean, in RE Village, just like a quick cameo moment of Wesker, just like looking at Chris. You know, I mean, why? It's what's the significance? It's nostalgia. That's, that's, that's nostalgia. Exactly why. It's nostalgia. It's something mm -hmm. to, you know, they had to kind of kill him because, like, you, what could you do with him anymore? But mm -hmm. people just don't want to let him go. I feel and, like, um, yeah. People need to understand that it was inevitable for him to die because, like, let's be real, all Resident Evil villains die at some point. <laughs> Wesker yeah. time was coming, whether you liked it or not. It had to happen eventually. Um, you know. But remember Jake Miller? Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> you remember that character? Like, can we use him? You know, for this <laughs> plot. Well, he's a good guy, though. Yeah, I mean, he's... I'm saying like, you no, know yeah, he is though. But I'm saying like, can we use him and vomit of these um other extra branches of this? These... Wesker. Yeah, like, because since he's a Wesker, though, I think he should have some form of vomit. Like, you know, since he is you no know, Wesker's son, like, I would assume like they would go after him to capture him or some shit. You know. No, that, that that's true. Um, you know, actually, my latest video I posted a week ago, it was actually Alex Wesker. You know, and I was thinking about like, 
what her role i mean technically natalia remember the young yeah, girl natalia, remember alex yeah, wesker yeah. put her consciousness in natalia and natalia also happens to now have you know the t vobos virus in control you know because she can't feel feel fear so what does alex wesker if we were i mean if we're talking about wanting another wesker in the future i mean yeah. there you go it's a plot point like, that know. hasn't been touched since they laid it out five years ago they might do at some point i, I hope they do that, but um in, since then yeah it's, nothing's happened i guess like logically nothing would happen on that for quite a while because you know of, of the nature of it she kind of has to grow up first i guess yeah like, this is what or i hate get... revelations for too many unresolved plot points sometimes i'm like holy shit especially that one i think that one is something people ask for for years well they're gonna have to do like either another mainline or another revelations as a direct sequel to do something like that yeah unfortunately because um well, that's I mean, the nature well, of I mean, the revelations games unfortunately a lot of, um, I mean, on loose ends but here's the thing though i mean what's stopping this natalia or alex wesker child you know from making another machine that can transfer her mind to another yeah you know, like you know another being who's a little bit older you know or somebody who's well connected in a natural series itself right i mean well i mean she's funding, done it once before well funding for one because she doesn't have her old connections anymore considering that you know her original body is gone and you know so she wouldn't start from scratch to do that again. That, that's the only thing that's really stopping her recently. Uh, oh, yeah, no, no, definitely. I mean, yeah, in a way she did. I mean, she, yeah, she technically is immortal if we, uh, if we could really fathom, like, the fact that she kind of what, like, I'm, I'm talking about the um, original Alex Wesker who, we kind of had what like a psych break because she found out there's a second Alex Wesker and she's still alive and all that. Like, I mean, if I knew somebody who's exactly like me, exact same mentality and everything, it was a direct copy of me. I mean, that'd be a little creepy, you know. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just uh, please. I mean, the no, I, I, I was just gonna say, please resolve this soon, Capcom, because it, it just. <laughs> I think when things are unresolved in Resident Evil now, it gets a little bit more confusing and it gets a little bit more like, well, we kind of want to see all the fine details going on. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. we're not getting that like right now. Maybe Village will answer some questions, but the one where people are saying like in speculation, tall lady is Natalia. I, I don't mm-hmm. think, no, no, I don't it's think not. that's going to happen. It's not because once she's been around since the 50s, it's not longer than that. So like that that's already been debunked within the maiden demo. So it ain't gonna happen. Yeah, just what some about, weird like, theories. You know, okay. Yeah, you know, I've had that actually I also mentioned that in my video, but like, yeah, it's like what you guys said. I mean, she's been around since the 1950s, but you know, again, what if this whole time I I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, what if Natalia's like, oh hey, let me transfer my mind to this crazy looking tall lady you know what i mean like you know i mean she's been around for so long she doesn't seem like she aged at all i mean she has like the you know wolverine claws going on for her i mean she already has like so she's definitely a bow right i mean what's what's stopping her from transferring her mind to you know to alcina but that's just a far-fetched you know theory out there i mean i'm not saying this (laughs) i mean who knows it could it could happen I mean, it's right. If we can have psychological weird shit, then yeah, anything oh, yeah. could happen. Yeah, now you're saying it. I agree. But um, 
going to uh like the second part of the question nine as i said like um let's speculate on how these companies and the mold could factor into the actual you know obviously resident evil village i mean would you guys think you know how we saw alcina drinking ethan's blood because i would assume ethan still does somehow have like the mold inside him correct yeah he's still and infected he unless um, um he got jill isn't it obviously she had all these you know with the t-bars these things stay in your body it's it's mm-hmm. your and it does kind of anyways. It's kind of your mm. body obviously adjusts and manages to develop ways of to stop it doing anything. It just becomes inert. I was well, gonna... different sense though for Ethan. Like he, okay, assuming if he has not been cured by the BSAA, because apparently you know if you play the DLC, there's a cure that they developed. Yes, but yeah, but assuming if he didn't get um um cured though, like his is, would be a different case then compared to Sherry and um and um mm-hmm. Jill. Because you no, know, yeah. Sherry got a healing factor from her um cure with the antibodies. Jill got nothing for Uncle Siren. So like, how would Ethan's like role would be any um like different evolve as far as him you no know, still being infected with the mold? Did you? But yeah, I think it was from one of the trailers. I think the first one or something like that. Remember, like um, it was a shot of one of the villagers shooting him, right, or something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, I assume that was Ethan who or what we're using. So if you got shot directly in the, you know, in the chest like that, so we know that Ethan, if it is Ethan, he still has that healing factor. Remember, like oh, that so, old guy, he actually missed a shot. Oh, he missed a shot. Oh, okay, so yeah, he missed. All right, but um, I mean, even then, I mean, we know Alcina's been around since the 1950s, and she hasn't aged a bit. But for some reason, she really likes Ethan. And I'm sure he has something that like the mold inside him, correct? Maybe that would help her stay alive for how for how long, you know? And I mean, and healing properties with it though, so that would make sense logically, you know? Yeah, I have a mm-hmm. feeling because her skin is all gray, so maybe Ethan's blood sustains their youth. It could be something mm-hmm. like that, just as simple as that, where like biting him or attacking him, even in the dialogue, is a bit like on the nose. Uh, saying mm. that they haven't eaten someone in a long time. So I assume it's going to be like that, where they they basically are biting him and they're getting some sort of regenerating powers in the process. Well, well you know, how about this? What about this connection right here? Um, Okay. So we know, remember like one of the um, the daughters, right? You know, especially in the Maiden demo, you know how like she moves around like the bugs. It's very similar to like in a way to Margaret ba- Baker, right? Remember like when Margaret Baker had all the swarms of like bugs going after you and all that? Mm-hmm. It's very similar in a way. So hear, hear me out on this. So if that event happened in 1950s and they were still able to retain their youth to now to Ethan, right? Who's to say they weren't like, let's say they were put to sleep. Like remember like... uh you know, um, Alexia Al- uh, Ashford, remember they put her to sleep in like cryogenesis, right? Jeez. Who's to say that these, these people yeah, didn't so. do it too. And they were like, now they're up and about and like, they're finally awake. And then lo and behold, well, Ethan is there to help them, you know? That's kind of debunked though, because um, in some of the files in the main demo, it shows that um, they've been capturing people and draining their blood to sustain their youth. So oh. throughout the, look, all those years then still. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah, man, I mean... It's, it's a lot of theories, man. I mean, like, but it's just, it's interesting. I'm not going to lie. I'm sure, uh, for sure, the mold has something to do with them. I mean, the, why she's particularly really keen on Ethan. So, uh, um, someone mentioned vampire lore as well. So, I assume uh, stuff like attraction and blood and all that stuff might have something to do with it as well. It's like Capcom knows what they're doing with this stuff when yeah, they're yeah. taking the supernatural elements that you usually see like wolfmen, vampires, mm. uh stuff like that 
telekinesis and they're putting it into one little game. So I can see it coming a mile away. Mm-hmm. It's like Van Helsing going on right now, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. Um, let's see. And what about like uh, the baby Rose? So how's that going to play out? You know, overall, I mean, does she have something special with her? I mean, I, okay. I would assume so if we're going by the standard logic, because um, since Mia was affected, obviously, and she's cured, right? And some Ethan is not. I imagine she would have something that would be really special. Because remember, look at Jake uh, Mueller. Um, for the longest time, though, I thought that he got his powers by injecting himself with the C-Virus. But no, he had it naturally forever since he was born, right? So I imagine that Rosemary would have something akin to that. Or as I think it's also playing with that trope. I mean, you know, um, remember, I, I, a lot of people have mentioned it too, you know, Dimitrescu, you know, the, you know, they break that name down to Demeter, you know, like the goddess of uh, fertility and harvest and all that. And like, it has to do with obviously fertility and babies and they're doing some type of ritual, right? I mean, I think I'll see them mention that too as well. So there has to be something with, with Rose and something that maybe, she has a like you know i mean a rare case of the mold that in her blood that will definitely keep them alive for much longer than they should so who knows i i think maybe they'll also want the baby as well the five families like maybe they'll try to do something with it because they mentioned that the mandrake <laughs> was it was used for something and it's a major plot point and they didn't want to put it into the game uh and it looks exactly like what you think it is a shriveled up baby so that could be something mm. as a plot point yeah i remember like oh my gosh who there's a great video about that i think it was from residents of evil um but it wasn't jj who was doing the narrative it, it was a uh, beggy yeah. bag yes and then oh my gosh that was that's great you know i mean my gosh like I love the breakdown that they did, especially with the whole witchcraft thing and like just uh, like the connections, but and just in the overall like lore and theme and like how the, all that was inspired from like the mandrakes that you guys were just mentioning and all that. So we'll see. I mean, I just hope that they lay it out pretty well. It's not just like random stuff like, oh yeah, we just put this theme just because it looks convenient or it's just like it makes it look more supernatural. I mean, I want, I really do hope they explain every little detail on why they why exactly the vampire theme the werewolf theme or you know what i mean i really hope so all right um i think we should go ahead and um move yeah. on though because uh, oh yeah that's a lot to say on this question yeah we oh, yeah. <laughs> um okay i'll read this one off how will you personally rank resident evil 7 compared to the other games the ones that you played you know who haven't played who played more than three games oh man it's mm. it's it's a tricky one. Again, this is always so subjective. Uh, I, I I always I said mentioned previously. I'm very impressed that the fact that the devs kind of took a lot of chance of this game, uh, which is like they didn't have to do, but they definitely did. Um, and I think the game's better for it. I'm not going to sit here and say it's the best RE that I've ever played, but I still think it's an incredibly strong title. And there's so much to. Um, to, to to take from the game and, and, and just as an experience um and, you know if you let if you take your time you let yourself get immersed into it i think there's so much to, to take from it i mean d- definitely i mean my opinion i think it's at least in the upper half of you know the better games in the resident evil series that's for sure i mean at it least. did like at least yeah i mean he 
you made a great point. I mean, <clears throat> it did bring back the horror theme like that. It's more claustrophobic. I mean, they did take the risk, right? I mean, you made so much sales in RE6, then, you know, why change that formula, correct? But they really wanted to kind of like, in a way, pay homage to the older fans who actually made it popular from the get-go. In a way, um, you could look at this as a, another Resident Evil 1. It started something new. I, I would use air quotes on that one. And the sequel is going to like vastly improve upon what was established. Mm-hmm. So, like, let's say Resident Evil 7 is like unironically a 7 out of 10, right? And the next one game could be like a 9 or 10, you know, depending on your taste in the game. So, we're talking but, about like the first person, maybe, yeah, with Village, yeah, they, that could be a possibility. But, um, my personal ranking, like, if I had to put like in like a tier list, though, it would be like around B ish, like a B tier type game. It's not mm-hmm. the greatest one I played though, but it's definitely um you know, a really solid title. Just pick up and play that type, type I, game. I, I think it's a game that's made better by its DLCs. Um I think the DLCs are really strong and they add so much. There's so much going on with them. I think it increased the overall experience. I mean the base game itself is still a really good experience. Um there's a lot to take from. But I think um uh, the DLCs add a lot to it um i think to me it makes it uh, it makes it a better game yeah this yeah. game is like i agree with brandon definitely b tier obviously there are re games i've played that are better like i will say re2 even the remake is definitely s tier without a question same for re3 uh but this game is not as bad as i thought it was going to be after playing it I, I think it has some value to it it's like um black shadow said i really enjoyed the dlc like a lot for what i played and i can't wait to delve into the other one so if that i feel like the great thing here is replay value when going back to re7 because re3 that's another story entirely that we talked about on another podcast with replay value and content and it's definitely over that one so i think that's really important for re game to keep replaying it and have a lot of content to go back to yep mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I, it's i think it's, it's a, for me it's a top five out of all of them um which is still pretty very good i think it's a strong beat here i I think there's a couple of things that are lacking in there. I think stop it from being an amazing, amazing game, but I still think it's a very strong title. Very strong. I mean, it definitely did start this whole like trend. I mean, I mean, it's great. I don't know what it is. Do you guys agree? Like, I mean, for example, Jack Baker, right? I mean, in a way, he is like the tyrant of the game where he's just chasing yeah, after he's you. He's the right? pursuer, and he exactly. every game we had so far, we had a pursuer. So, like, yeah, he exactly. definitely is that. Sorry, that and, trend, at least. I mean, it doesn't. I mean, especially early on in the game when he breaks through the wall. I mean, I mean, was it just me? But I mean, that that gave me Mr. X vibes instantly from the way in the past. So yeah. it's like that's great. Oh, I think everyone said that. Yeah, just the pursuer type enemy. I mean, I, I will agree with other people that also criticized and said, you know, Nemesis in the original was definitely the one that gave you a run for your money. Uh, but he, he, you know, Jack Baker wasn't so bad. I, I thought for what they did, for the most part, you aren't just running around the Baker estate doing nothing. There is stuff well, chasing uh, you. With the with Jack, though, like I will say this though, like him and Mister X had something in common in remake too. Like you, once they're down, though, they can't just get back up. But especially in Madhouse mode with Jack Baker, because um, for some reason though, he comes back roaming around the house after a certain point with his shirt on. Which if you know about the plot, that should not be happening. 
Yeah. So, <laughs> so like, yeah, I would say like in a way, I feel like Jack is like a more organic one though, because um, he does not stay down. Period. Like, even by a couple of seconds, like he will get back up. I mean, he's downtime is shorter than Mister X's, I believe. Yep. But I mean, at least you know they did take that risk, you know, of like starting over like this franchise and the horror roots, and then planning that foundation of like a stalker-like, you know, enemy. And obviously we saw how that translated with RE2 Remake with Mr. X, correct? So, I mean, I mean, it's it's pretty good. I mean, it's a, it's a solid game. I mean, I'll agree. Like, I mean, it is out of the grand scheme of things. It's definitely a solid B tier game. Um, You know, I mean, it's not in the same tier with like RE2 or RE2 Remake. That's for sure. For In my opinion, though. I agree. It's definitely not. Yeah, it's some it's some small things. I'm not sure if I explain the criticisms of this game, but it's some small things like not being able to skip cutscenes or. Oh, that's the next question, though. Oh, so... it is. Well, oh. yeah, I'll, I'll save yeah, it for that, that one. I'll save it for that one. Yeah, was we'll dump all that on the next question. Uh, but I guess anyone else want to rank RE7 compared to other games in the franchise? Yeah, what about um? Have, we haven't heard of Agatha or Versa. I mean, are they? Yeah, still I had here? to sit out. For well, the, I didn't play any of the DLC, so I had to kind of sit out on those questions. Oh, we're not talking oh, about okay. the DLC. We're talking about the other games. No, yeah, I meant that's why I've been quiet for so long. But oh. um, yeah, yeah, same. Uh, I I definitely go along with like you guys. I'd give it a, a a B rank. Uh, like I said, I haven't played all of the games. I've played a, a decent amount of them, but it, it's one of my favorite games in the franchise mm -hmm. i have to say just because it was like the third actual game that i beat out of the resident evil series and i enjoyed it a lot just because you know it was something that was scary it was something that was different for me at the time um i did enjoy the fact that it was first person i felt you know horrified by it uh but it, 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 resident evil 2 remake like you guys said like at, it's definitely not better than that <laughs> uh, but i I, I definitely it's it'd be in my top like three that's not bad that's actually good yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty good i mean it's not bad it could I be like it, it could be in like bad. your top 20 or something all the way down yeah, there it's, yeah it's so rough well i mean think about what, what about this guys if it did not have the dlc to supplement the actual base game Oof. what would it be uh, it's it's still hard. It doesn't make it doesn't make it a bad game without it. I think it definitely helps a little bit and diversifies up. Can, mm. You know, it you, you can't look at it as what would the game be like without the DLC. You have to more look at it as what is the game with the DLC kind of available as an option. You know. Yeah. Um, no, you that, look at it that way. It doesn't size the game, the base game post dlc launch for not having the dlc you can't really do that i mean like resident evil 4 though look at that um the ps2 version came with more extra content though and to a lot of people though that boosted the um appeal of resident mm -hmm. evil 4 so like but still you gotta look at the game by itself though like leon's campaign is the game good that's the yes no question yeah no. it's <laughs> the it's like to me because I, I i thought i was gonna give a rating on that but 
then again i thought about it a little bit more i'm like is the game that good to warrant more extra content and that's the question that you kind of you know jump that's a great that. question yes that's right you know talking about needing dlc maybe re3 remake may be needed i'm sorry man but come on we, we have to be honest here i mean yeah that chance they had was in two and they clearly didn't want to do it so <laughs> what can you do but, okay no it's i'm glad you mentioned two because um goal survivor is trash i'm not going to cap on it Mm. Yeah, yeah. Despite how good Resident Evil Two is, though, this DLC was not good. So, like, it I guess it's DLC. Yes, it did. The Ghost of Fire was a DLC. Well, yeah. no, it was post-game content. Like, you don't, you didn't pay for it. Uh, uh, it's still DLC, though. So free, free DLC, but yeah. free. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a thing you can do once you've beaten the. You know, I, I, it's different. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's apples and oranges, whatever. I know, but it kind of does add to the point of like, no, you shouldn't look at the game that um DLC should not enhance the game or like say make it better that kind of thing we just talked about. I think that should also apply to like a bad DLC. It should not make the game worse. Yeah, just yeah, judge it on its own. You should be able to separate that, and if someone can't separate that, then that. Yeah, it it definitely depends because like if. There has been moments where the opposite has happened. Like, I didn't like certain expansions or whatever. They tried to do some add-on content, and it really did not work well. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think if everything is in core with the high quality of the game and it's still good without those features, then it still could be, like, fantastic even without it. So my score would probably still be the same. Yeah. Okay. All right, so... Um, yeah, so the... Um, I would rank, uh, I mean, given the fact that I've only played, um, I have played two, three, and four, and then I jumped to seven, um, to like, also like help prepare for the podcast a little bit, a little bit more, uh, a little extra. Um, I rank it fourth <laughs> out huh. of, out of, out of what I've played so far. Um, but certainly has been like as as a horror survival game it is horrifying um and yeah two two three and four are just i wouldn't say just but um it, you know you're running around shooting stuff um you know certainly not as action based as i've seen five and six could be um so it, so in that aspect like kind of depends on what you're looking for you know um horror wise oh my god yeah seven wins um but you know just personally you know leon and carlos <laughs> but um yeah those are just silly answers um yeah i mean three was the first one i played so uh i know a lot of people are upset like you know like you all said it was short, um, not much replayability. It was my entry into the franchise. Um, I freaking love it. I I replay it. I do the stupid challenges. So I'm I'm happy as a clam considering yeah. that. So I mean, it is your first game. So like your perspective are different from ours because we okay. literally play yeah abso you know, absolutely. all the games practically right. So it's understandable. It's nothing wrong with having that opinion though. Yeah. Obviously, a lot of us won't yeah. agree with it because you now. 
Yeah, well, no, I, I think objectively, objectively, three is fine. The problem was it came after two, and two was so fantastic, it was never going to fall. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, that, was its, that was its issue. But I, I, absolutely right, yeah, I totally see that. I'm sorry, but I mean, it could have been fantastic if they explored the clock tower more. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yes, I'm not I agree. I'm not getting into this, but people make more of a more of a fuss about this than really like it would have been nice, but it not being there it was not a deal. Yeah, at least it shouldn't have been. But we're getting horribly off topic. Uh, oh yeah, yes, we are. <laughs> uh, All right, so yeah, just just let her have Carlos in peace because <laughs> that was about to be a thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Ren, says you're speaking Thanks. right now. Read off the next question. The uh, final one. Fine, fine. So, cite your criticisms of Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. What could they improve for Village? Skillable cutscenes. Yeah, that's that's a big one. <laughs> um, less scripted moments where it's like, because of those non-skippable cutscenes, like, I felt the enemy patterns were way too easy to read because of it. Like, okay, Jack comes through a door. I can't skip the cutscene. Here's a bathtub in the middle. Let me run around them. It's stuff like that that happens <laughs> a little bit more th- often than not in Resident Evil 7, and I didn't like that. Um, okay, so, so you mean like the cutscenes like in the game, like between yeah, it's in game cutscenes? Okay, yeah. yeah. What about like um, enemy variety for sure? Yes, that right there is already being improved upon in, for, in um, mm-hmm. the next game, yeah. so that's yeah, 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 a big yeah. bonus. That was something that yeah. wasn't huge to be fair. Like, on what we've talked about over the past couple of hours, when we've talked about issues and criticisms with the game, like, they've been fairly sporadic and generally kind of specific to what the person kind of wanted and took from wanting to have from the game. So, I think that just goes to show there wasn't that much really wrong with the game. No, no, I, definitely. It's just, I mean, but, you know, at the same time, I mean, we all know, yeah, we're facing the mold, but, I mean, facing the exact same enemy over and over, I mean, it, uh, it, it got stale real quickly. I'm not going yeah. to go. I mean, don't get me wrong. They look I mean, amazing. The enemies look great. I mean, I they, disgusting. scary. Yeah, scary as heck. But, I mean, imagine RE2 remake. All you fought was just, like, a bunch of, like, liquors all, every, you know, the whole way. I mean, yes, yeah, scary at first, but, I mean, yeah, when, still... when you see them like the fifth or like tenth time, it's like, well, I know how to deal with this guy. Just do this, and it's mm-hmm. not creepy anymore. And I think that's where the problem is for this game. It's like when you compare it to the older ones, where it's like frog enemies, green hunters, zombies, Monster. monkeys. Uh, it's a lot of different enemy types uh, spread out through the game. I, I, I won't do to me. My promise. I swear. Uh, I I knife run that game six months ago and they were miserable. I don't. I don't like eliminators. Terrible enemies. Bad. But the only reason I bring them up is Mm -hmm. because they were at least variety to the game, even though I hate them. So it could have been something like that, where is affected zoo animals or just something going on nearby that brings in domesticated stuff. Oh, the one thing I could give, like, um, one of the DLCs is that it does give us a new type of molded, which is just double scissor hands and, well, gators, but it's not like two extra, and one of them just a remix of another one. And people didn't like the gators, so it's like mm-hmm. they kind of got annoying after a while. Yeah. yeah. What did you guys think about one of the trailers? Remember, I forgot, it was those, um, those, uh, hooded figures, right, inside, like, the actual prison with the swords or something like that, right? Yeah. I mean... 
I I hope that I mean yeah they look great but I hope they don't do what RE7 is we're just gonna see that primarily throughout the game you know what I mean oh, with a little no, double of like no, you know, no definitely not because nah, we already yeah. saw in the trailers like this are those trailers alone already show there's more variety of enemies within the game so like definitely we're not gonna see just only those guys yeah, yeah. there's four um, different there's four different uh houses in eight so you're probably gonna be visiting different areas with different enemies hopefully that's a sub boss yeah, as well a guy with a giant hammer like he was yeah, on the screen evil five shit there yeah, yeah big yeah. mammoth executioner man whatever the fuck that guy was yeah i just don't i just hope that they don't just pull off where like in one house they have like the red robe and then then in the next house they have the blue robe but the exact same enemy you get what i mean so it's just i i i don't think so i yeah i don't i don't think my my impression of village like maybe i'm so but i i look at it and like everything come across and if we know i don't see how village is going to be objectively a bad game Mm. i mean it might be there might be things that don't like but i i'm fine looking for the question i ask is especially to ren is because you only played it very very recently is your thoughts on Village different for having played Resident Evil 7? Are they more optimistic? Are they not? Or, or since from the start? That, that's the question. I, I would... Oh, that's I would... funny. You say that he was hyped as shit. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I like what Village is doing like a lot. Like, I, I know there's the main distinct people that are like, either this is going to be something that's absolutely insane in terms of all the stuff they're doing that's not the norm, or there's people saying that this is trash and it needs to be like this and etc. We talked about that earlier, uh, but yeah. I was excited from the beginning for Village. So this only increased my excitement more. It just only made me feel like what could they do and improve and fix. And that's like the main thing where my mind is right now. Yeah, exactly. Oh, before we forget, RE8 also has a merchant. So you can It, it does and weapons. he's extremely yeah. big. Yeah, they will have the, the, the duke. The, the duck. More than nuke, man. He's fat. (laughs) That is weird. Like, why does he? He he looks. He's well built. He's thick. He's big boned. (laughs) He's He's very. He's a thick boy, and I don't. I don't know how I feel about that. I. I, I'm hoping for funny dialogue. That's. That's gonna be hilarious. I mean, if, if they're playing around like the theme, you know, I mean, the village, I mean, most of the people are what just regular size. I mean, if somebody who's a merchant, obviously, you're making quite a bit of money. Obviously, you know, you have a surplus of not just weaponry, whatever food. Right. So maybe they're playing that kind of role. Maybe in this game, I'm just yeah. throwing it out there. I mean, Could- there has to be a reason why they designed him that particular way. Um, you know, um, hopefully they didn't try to offend anybody or anything like that, you know, so. Well, they said the Duke is a very important character, so I, I assume we're definitely going to get some story details behind him. Mm-hmm. Which is cool because that's kind of what I wanted from the Merchant in RE4, but we really didn't get that. Instead, his dialogue is just so great. That's why we remember him as a character. Yeah. <laughs> he, was yep. very, he was memorable, even though he was pretty minor, and there was there was scope to make him mean more, but it didn't happen. But he didn't really have to, though. It wasn't necessary. Yeah, that's true. He, he, he wasn't necessary because it didn't Oh, you know what? They improved upon, and this is my opinion, okay? I love the RE4 item management, and I love how they're doing it here in RE Village. Yes. So. Yeah, they yes. brought back the police. It's, it's, uh, they're definitely trying to bring back some bits of the old. Um, I mean, I'm amazed with how Resident Evil 4, well, how, how Resident Evil 4 like Village is. Like, I knew they were going to have some references to it and some feelings, but 
like considering like there's meant to be possibly you know doing a remake of four for it to be as as mm -hmm. as feeling that already is slightly bad. I don't. I mean, know. I mean, it's a. I mean, right now, if they are in that kind of direction, we're pretty much we have the village, we have the castle, right? Same as RE4. Yeah. I mean, this is pretty much a setup. I mean, okay, let's be honest. They are using the RE engine, so we could assume that some of the same stuff from probably from RE Village will translate to RE4. But they're kind of in a way seeing how our reaction to it in RE Village and how we're going to be playing um, playing along with it. But obviously, if they do make RE4 remake, so I assume they're going to probably go back to the over the shoulder aspect. Yeah, we shall see. Honestly, freaking um, RE8 this looks like a giant as it flips, so <laughs> waiting to happen for Resident Evil 4 remake. So it's going to be inevitable, to be quite honest. Yeah. But, uh. Let's see. Oh, what else could they, could they have improved? Hmm. Well, for one, the game, the game speed for starters is a lot quicker than um, 7s, and I'm quite happy with that because. No, Ethan is too slow. Like this whole game speed in general is just too slow for my taste. Like I like the game and I like though. Don't get me wrong though, but I wish it was just faster. Mm. Not like action pack pace, or just I wish it was a little faster. No, in general. Well, how about this? Would you guys feel when you guys uh, when we played the maiden demo? Remember when we were fighting one of the um daughters? Remember when you get hurt? You know how you have mm -hmm. that red screen and you're moving really slow. You know, so it's like you said, you don't like playing that slow maybe they could tweak it a little bit but what do you guys think about that is it really that slow that we can't it feels like we just no i, I wasn't talking through. about like battle damage like affecting your speedo because that's part of course because all games practically do that i'm mm. talking about like just the natural speed of the game just in general like it's just a little slower than it really should be oh okay you're talking about like maybe like, like the, the whole story like the tempo you know, i guess the best yeah, way. The yeah, the, yeah the story yeah okay that makes sense yeah you, you don't want it to where it's like it's too it just feels like we're just trudging along and you just want yes. to see what's going on okay yeah that makes sense i mean but you also you don't want it going too fast you're just like exposition like exposition dump here and there all the time you know i mean so yeah so it'll, i think you'll find it's good balance uh, i hate discord uh yeah <laughs> oh, I, I noticed it cut out. doom eternal <laughs> yeah uh, but there is one thing I wanted to point out. I'm not sure if you guys said it already. It's uh, back to village. Did you see that they said this is going to be way longer than seven? I believe it because seven yeah, I believe it. Back I, is not a game, long game. Yeah, the the game had it. It just reeks of it. it has a really big scope and just like there's grand designs for village, which is why I think it's it's a very important game. I think for our if it doesn't go down well. That's a real issue, and there's going to be an introspection as to what the hell went wrong. Like, I, I, I honestly feel I get it. Just feels like there's a lot riding on this game going well, um, and doing well. Otherwise, like, where where do you go from there? Yeah. Plus, as I mentioned, so many things is going a little weird with it as well. Considering like, no, they announced it early that like, it was not going to be on next gen, which I wasn't going to have a problem with it. And then they um have like a weird like conundrum with naming the game. Either it's going to be eight or it's going to be village. You know that kind of stuff. Like so many weird things surrounding this game, though, but it's shaping up to be a really damn good game at the end of the day. You know what? Um, talking about that, you said that who 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 just mentioned something about um, gosh, I'm, I think I'm getting lost here. Let me see. With the hold on, development of 
Ari Village. Somebody mentioned, I don't know which video it was, like, um, because there's something like a lot of writing into the Ari Village, and they said like it could have been, it wasn't initially what like Ari Village, correct? It's yeah, I think it was um, Resident Evil Revelations Three. Revelations it, Three. Yeah, and then they turned it into um, a mainline title, and then it became Resident Evil Eight or Village, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I hope that they don't go that route where it's like, okay, I'm just going to add a little bit more content and finally it's kind of RE8 or RE Village. You know what I mean? Because we know, that, I mean, yeah, the RE um, Revelations game, I mean, they're great, but, you know, you wouldn't consider it like, oh my gosh, like these are definitely part of the main titles that everybody just wants to play, you know? So I hope they do, like, they do it justice, give it like a lot of more content, you know, hint, hint, RE3 remake, you know? So, I mean... So I don't know. Uh, you guys got anything else to add? I mean, uh, gosh. no, not really, except for the fact that I, I do believe that if they want to go big, then maybe some post game content with another character would be nice to have for village. We have to see Joe Baker. <coughs> oh, I would love that. Actually, I will, <laughs> Damn, I will pop Joe for that. Baker. Joe Baker. That would be mean, the greatest thing ever, dude. I mean, he's going to come in and punch who? <laughs> No, he's gonna slam dunk a werewolf. Oh, you see the castle over there? It's gonna disappear when he walks in. He can punch. (laughs) He can punch Lady (laughs) D's titties off. I mean, that could happen. Yeah. I mean, I hope he kept that like um that prosthetic arm, whatever that was from uh, RE7. We'll see. The the power gloves. The power gloves. uh, Yeah. I mean, so gorgeously good. I mean. That could give Chris Redfield, I mean, like that boulder punching moment, like you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he could do much better than Chris. The heck, ABGN. I really can't wait for this uh, game, but yeah, I think that's it for now. Yeah, well, yeah I mean, ladies, you got anything else? <laughs> Uh, no. We'll go right. No. <laughs> no. Carlos Lover and uh, I don't know what can Please. we call Des Leon Lover maybe. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, aside from that though, uh, um, like when it comes to a game coming out, I usually kind of avoid any sort of theory, any sort of discussion. Um, and I just really want, uh, I really like to go in completely blind and not know anything, um, for the most part. So I'm just kind of like, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm listening to, I'm listening to your discussion. You're trying to stay away from everything. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. I'm just kind of like, you know, go ahead and say that and think that, but, um, you know, I'm just kind of like skeptical of any theories. Well, um, you know, c- like coming back to the other stuff I, I stream, like mm-hmm. Zelda, anything on Breath of the Wild 2, it's like, no, I don't want to know. I, I just, no, shut up. <laughs> I just, avo- I, I avoid all that stuff. I, like, I, I definitely, I definitely, so. I, I definitely get what you're saying here because there are like some theories that people say, like, that don't even make sense for Resident Evil 8. And I'm not surprised because that's kind of how the game is. It's kind of a game that's developing itself around red herrings. Uh, so because of that, a lot of people are going to have like speculation videos and stuff like that. Uh, but I, I guess it's just a fun thing to do while we mm-hmm. play the game and then realize how that one hour video we made is absolutely incorrect. 
<laughs> oh my gosh! So, I, I didn't have to retract <laughs> like the going videos, back but... and saying like, "Damn, oh. that was wrong." <laughs> yeah, the Wolfman oh, really wasn't Chris Welp. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? At least this time around, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, we okay for us who's played, you know, Resident Evil for quite a while. We already knew the plots for RE2 remake and RE3 remake. At least this time around, hey, you know, we're coming in pretty much blind. Like everything's pretty new. Yeah, that's a good thing. I I like uh, the unorthodox nature of how the game is uh, sort of presenting its plot and is not really known or it's not really a remake. So I kind of enjoy that stuff. Mm -hmm. Definitely. But I guess we can wrap up unless Des has something to add. Yes, Des. Speak up. Good. I'm good. (laughs) You've been quiet like a curse mouse. Uh, I mean, <laughs> thank you guys for having me, man. I'm sorry I came in late. I mean, I really try to finish that case as soon as possible, but I mean, hey, uh, you know what? Life happens. It's okay. Yeah, yeah exactly. Us, you know? It's, it's perfectly fine. For life. No, yeah, man. Fuck I life. Mean, I, I mean, I, I'm definitely. <laughs> hey, you know what? As a healthcare worker, man, I'm definitely living the like real life Resident Evil with that pandemic going around. So, I, I mean, mean, you should call you a hey doctor at this rate. No, 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 no. Oh wow. <laughs> Gosh. No, no, you can't do that. I mean, it's just, but I'm telling you guys, man, the stuff that I've seen, holy moly, I'm like, dang, dang, like this reminds me of Resident Evil a little bit. <laughs> oh, I've seen things, man. Ooh. I've seen this. I've seen it with my own eyes. This oh, cutscene from question. this game. I can't uh, have a question, but I'm, I'm, I'm afraid it's off topic. But, <laughs> um, th- th- just a tiny little little thing I've always asked myself. Uh, okay, yeah. Aside from RE3 being short and like some content being, you know, uh, like lack of lack thereof and stuff, I've always wondered like, would RE3 have done better if it hadn't released right at the beginning of, of the pandemic? I felt like that is so unfortunate. Like, uh, you I know what? Like, yeah. I feel like it kind of fell under the radar because of that. It, no, it um, maybe hold on. I think, I think that. Resident Evil 3 is a game that had a lot of going well for it in the micro, but there's a lot of macro issues which kind of overwhelmed. I mean, that was definitely a factor, probably, but I don't think it was the most needed. Mm. Okay, uh, well, hold that thought though. Like, um, let's say that for all, um, um, off air though, because um, I think we should definitely do outros and then. Yeah, know, yeah. Know. I just want to throw that oh, out but... there because that's been on my mind for a year. So anyway, yeah. but oh. yeah. Oh. Uh, thank you as, as well for for um, allow, allowing me to be a part of this. It really means a lot, and it's my first first kind of podcast thing. And um, yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity. I, I, it's it's an honor. Hey, uh, no problem. But us grizzled vets here. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, we're about to do like just the proper outros and try to like get everyone's like social media. Uh, so just and stick plugs. around for yeah, yeah and plug so stick around just a yeah. little bit more and we'll be done all right you know what um since um you got started on your thing um hey can you go ahead and give your actuals like your platforms you want to unplug or anything um yeah absolutely so uh twitch.tv slash agatha <laughs> so <laughs> with three a's at the front so you can kind of say it's Triple A content. If you want to be a complete ah. douchebag oh, that way. That's okay. <laughs> that's okay. um, so yeah, Twitch.tv/Agatha with three A's in the front. Um, on Twitter, uh, it's at three A's in the front. It's Agatka, 
Um, so that's another spin off my name. Um, and those are the most important too. So yeah. All right. Okay. Um, Black Frost Shadow. <laughs> oh, I did that no. on purpose. Oh uh, uh, yeah. Go ahead and outro yourself, sir. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can find me uh, on YouTube. I will make a specific play on Twitch as well. TV slash black underscore shadow underscore nine nine three. A Sunday, I'm going to be beginning in the Upper Village uh, a base handgun no upgrade run of RE4 and Professional, which is going to absolutely kick my ass. I'm sorry. Um, but I mean, I've knife run every other Resident Evil game up to this point, including Zero, which was a bitch. Um, so I, 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 I can do this, but it's it's gonna suck. It should be good. Alrighty, uh, unsanitized Danny boy, um, outro yourself. All right, uh, yeah, you can find me mostly on Twitter at dirtydantriple underscore. Mostly retweet fighting games, and when the time comes, podcasting with these nerds. But yeah. <laughs> Damn degenerate. Merry Christmas, DT. <laughs> yeah, okay. Hey, Diva. Outro yourself. Yes. All right. Well, you guys can primarily find me on YouTube on I was, Hey Deva, H E Y space D E V U H. It's not Diva, it's Deva. <laughs> yeah, I so, think you're saying it wrong, but go yeah, ahead. Yeah, no, no, it's all playing. It's all good, you know. So, yeah, like definitely uh, check me out on YouTube. I mean, I'm so happy. I mean, I hit like what, like 33, 34,000 subs. I'm, oh my gosh, it's tr truly a blessing. So, yeah, and you can also guys find me. Um, oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, on Twitter and on Instagram. Well, in Twitter, I, I'm, I don't really have that much going on, but it's at H, just H, Deva, D E V U H, and Hey Deva on Instagram. Anyways, thank you guys. All right. Um, there's. Versa Vulture. Outro uh, yourself. All right. So you can find me at twitch.tv slash Versa Vulture 24. And you can find me on Twitter at Desiree, D E S I R E underscore Veronica. She All plays right. scary yeah. games and she likes to be uh, frightened by them. So check her out. <laughs> Thank you. All right. And last but not least, you can find me on. Shut um, up! <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> go ahead Renegade. i forgot about you man i'm sorry all right you can find me at ren operative underscore on twitter you can find me at renegade operative on youtube and you can find me on twitch at renegade underscore operative i want to do a run of ether must die but i'm sort of procrastinating so uh look forward You'll to that be fine. I, I don't think i will but uh, no, i'm gonna yeah yeah just like that so i'm gonna try to do that and then i have a um review coming up of the entire uh suicide squad trailer and what i thought about it so look forward to that all right now that's what i need so you can find me uh on twitter at immortal brandle and you can find me on twitch at sir brandle i stream every now and then don't look for it trust me don't and um thank you all of you for listening in or watching whatever you prefer uh, it's been a blast. Uh, it was great. Divergence. Renegade being salty. Uh, Why am I being called BBC what? operative? <laughs> what? <laughs> you know uh, what? Well, not even going to dive into that. Yeah, yeah. Not, not, not tonight. Not tonight. 
Dom's accessible with guys like that, so it's okay. But um, <laughs> yes, thank you. Enjoy your day, night, evening, wherever it is in the world for you, and have a blessed whatever it is in the world for you. Stay safe and uh, get your jabs, kids. Stay the fuck away from COVID. Oh, and wear a goddamn mask. Jesus Christ, yes. people. You stupid. Uh, the mole has BBC.